Tune in to the Neil Prendeville Show weekdays from 9 a.m. on Cork's Red FM. And the newspapers love it. There's a, a fantastic new telescope, apparently, that's way up there in space and it can get very, very close to the sun. I don't know how it doesn't melt, but they've got some fabulous photographs of it. The sheer heat off the thing. The beast of the sun where we'd be without it. But Summer Lovin in his headline from the, the Mirror today, Ireland to lap up rays again in a 22 degree hot spell as the showers finally clear. So it's always nice to see those kind of stories. It will get, get quite warm actually, as I say, 20 to 22 degrees. It's today, our days for the outdoors, isn't it? To try and do as much as you can. But, um, many of the same stories dominate the papers again this morning. Pubs. They may stay shut well beyond the 10th of August because of virus uh, spike warning. That's the front page of this morning's Echo. Uh, Mind you, publicans, including um, our own on Lee's side, uh, the Vintners Federation are saying the country will become a nation of she-beans if the bars stay shut. And I know that Benny McCabe has uh, been kind of thinking, oh my God almighty, it's only in 12 months' time we'll realise the error of our ways in not letting pubs open. Uh, So that's dominating many of the papers, like the Star this morning. Uh, talks with various publicans around the country who are just opening their pubs on Monday anyway, regardless of the guidelines to stay shut until August 10th. Limerick pubs up the west of Ireland, pubs in Tipperary and what have you. The Mail this morning says this uh, that we could well have seen the end of the nightclub. Um, well, certainly until there's a vaccine, perhaps, you know, because you can't really have a nightclub if you can't dance or boogie up close. But if we don't find a vaccine, that's the end of the nightclub. Uh, nightclubs have been suffering anyway, haven't they, because of late bars. But wearing a face mask, should you or shouldn't you? Well, of course, you should in shops and retail scenarios. Uh, but if you don't, will there be a fine? And if there's going to be a fine, who's going to implement it? The Echo this morning says that Cork retailers have said plans for mandatory face masks in stores and shopping centres is the new way of being. But they're uncertain as to who's going to enforce it. Like, what do you say? There's an opinion piece in The Independent this morning says that uh, shoppers should be fined 100 euro. But don't ask the store staff to enforce the law. Mind you, um, apparently people, some people who are now being offered COVID-19 tests are avoiding them. And that, of course, is described as dangerous. Senior government civil servant Liz Canavan says you've got to take the test. If you don't, it's reckless. Actually, the UCC professor Jerry Killeen, uh, who's a leading, we spoke to him on this program, a leading expert on viruses, says in the Echo today that in some countries... Uh, because of the highly infectious disease, it's considered as a criminal offence. And he's saying, it's not that much of a big deal, he says. We're just going to stick a Q-tip up your nose. I don't think that's asking too much to see. In the UK now, in Hampshire, they have these vans. The NHS have vans going around the county, which do coronavirus tests in 20 minutes. As in, you do the test, you get the result, 20 minutes, you stick around the van and they tell you, they call him lab in motion. Ben Dunn says he's not going to open any of his gyms until there is a cure for COVID-19. He said he would rather go bust than risk people's lives. So gyms must be, must be still a question mark over gyms, you know, particularly people who uh, uh, are sharing equipment. I know that gyms will say that they sanitize and everything is sterilized and people are wiping down, but still there's got to be a question to be answered there. If Ben Dunn, the tycoon, is saying he's not opening his... There's been an extension to the ban on evictions and rent freezes, and that story makes the mirror today. There's other stuff from the Dáil, incidentally, including, yet again, the Green Party leader, Eamon Ryan, falling asleep in the Dáil. Um, members were voting on uh, some motion on low-paid jobs and employment rights, and apparently uh, the Fianna Fáil government chief whip, Jack Chambers, had to wake up um, Eamon Ryan uh, to vote. Uh, he was asleep, and there's a photograph of him. 
uh, snoozing away inside in the doll chamber. Apparently, they got a good laugh out of it. How many of the public would be laughing? I don't know. Uh, the leaving certificate's now delayed uh, by uh, sometime in September. It should have been in August, but now it's going to cause chaos, I guess, with regards to college places. And that's a front-page story uh, making both the Independent and the Irish Times says anger over the leaving certificate delays. And then a green list of holiday destinations. You heard in the 9 o'clock news, um, the Eastern European countries and the Scandinavian countries that probably won't be on the green list. Uh, we hope to have that announced at some stage next week. But they figure that places like Greece and Cyprus will be on the list of sun destinations. But bear in mind, even though they give you a list of sun destinations, they still tell you, don't travel. It's like giving a child a chocolate bar and say, hold that in your hand, but just don't eat it. And then an awful animal abuse story makes all of the papers. The story of a 13-year-old boy who actually ran off laughing after torturing a defenseless hedgehog for 35 minutes, torturing the hedgehog to death. It's too early in the morning early in the morning to go through the mutilation and the death and the suffering of the hedgehog, but I leave that up to your own imagination. And now, uh, Jeff Bezos makes all of the papers because they're comparing 1995 when he set up in his garage and he used doors as tables to send books around America to now, as the world's richest man, a company that's worth 117 billion euro and how he started in his garage. See any similarities there between that story and the story of Apple, which also started in a garage? And a great story for a core company called Walls Honest Chips. Saw this online last night and the Echoes picked up on it in fairness to them. They have just got a contract with Aldi. They have fake-away chips. And they're being sold now in Aldi stores, 142 stores across the country. I don't see anything fake away about them. They seem like the business to me. It's a 1 million euro deal for the core company with Aldi. They make the highest quality potatoes and beef dripping. And the chips provide the authentic chipper chips taste home. That's what we want, isn't it? Chipper chips all day long. None of those awful frozen things. Uh, but anyway, this is a great story because it's a car company. It's worth a million euro and it's a super success story. The Neil Prenderville Show. With Tesco. Save time and shop online. Simply log on to tesco.ie. Lines open one 106 Should the pubs have opened? Should they not? Of course, it was a topic of conversation in the Dáil yesterday. And Michael Healy Ray got to his feet with a question for the Tánaiste Leo Varadkar. You must remember there's an awful difference between Dame Lane and Valenskillings, or between Dame Lane and Port McGee, or any other part of the county that I represent. And what my point is, that I think you have really missed the bigger picture here, in that by opening these pubs, you would not, absolutely would not, have increased the occurrences of the virus. Because can I ask you this question, Tarnished? And on the record, I would like for you to explain to me this. What is the difference between a person inside in a public house with a pint of Guinness in this hand and a toasted cheese sandwich in this hand and a person inside in another pub with a pint of Guinness and no toasted cheese sandwich? Could you please give me the medical? You're a, you are a doctor. Could you, you please explain to me why that poses a public health danger to that person drinking Drinking that point and eating that sandwich are not. I think there'd be no problem whatsoever with the sandwich as long as it costs nine euro. Anyway, your thoughts on that text 0868104106. Pick up the phone on 1850104106. Our lines are open. But back to um, back to face masks, right? And whether this is policeable or not or enforceable. Joe, good morning. 
Good morning, Neil. Um, so you're travelling down from Dublin to Cork on Irish Rail Train. Um, what was the story? Okay, so the 7 o'clock train, which would have left uh, Houston and Dublin, I actually boarded it in Thurless last night at uh, 8.19. Um, and as I arrived in Thurless Station, I was aware that there was a two guardie uh, waiting um, as, as the train came into the station. And at first I thought maybe they were boarding to do a spot check for policing and masks. But um, as soon as I got on the carriage, um, I became aware that they approached a man with the steward on the train who'd been refusing to wear a mask repeatedly on the journey down from Dublin. I think it takes about an hour and uh, 15 minutes from Dublin to Perth. So he'd been asked three or four times. Now, the guardie asked him for ID. and Do you see all this happening now, you did? I saw this happening, yeah. He refused to give them ID. Um, I, I took some photographs of it and um, put them on Twitter and and there was quite a, a reaction, obviously, through the course of the night to that. Um, what were people saying? There was the, there were there was people in the camp who were against masks. You know, people quite extreme, some very extreme views. But I think the bulk of people were quite happy to see that the the guardie had arrested him. And, uh, okay, so he he the guards get on and uh, they walk up to this middle aged man. You're saying, uh, and they ask yeah. him for his his name. Is it? They asked him for his name and asked him why he refused to, to wear his mask. And he, he he refused to give ID. And at that stage, the guardie then cautioned him and arrested him. And it happened quite quickly. They took him off and they were quite they were quite rigid and there was no no second chance. The steward was in, in their company, the steward of the train, who would be somebody that I would know. And I, I, I chatted to him afterwards about it. But um, the crux of the matter was he had a mask. If he probably had said he hadn't a mask, it might have made things easier for him, but he said he had a mask and it was within his own rights not to, not to utilise the mask. He didn't want to use the mask. And it, it was kind of a smart-aleck approach. And um, he was he was adamant he wouldn't give ID, but it, it walked against him. He was arrested. He was taken off the train and brought to Turles Garda Station. He didn't resist or anything, no? He didn't resist, but they, they were quite firm. You know, they, there was a vanguard and... Um, it, she actually cautioned him, and um, he was taken away. Um, but he, he didn't. He, he didn't resist arrest. Um, I hope that they actually had uh, a legal reason to arrest him. Do you know what I'm saying? Because there's no legislation yet. They're announcing regulations that are being drawn up, but there is no legal statute yet. So there's not. The sense I got was for refusing to give ID. I, I actually heard that myself. I was only two or three seats away. And, um, but can you even be arrested? Can you even be arrested for refusing to identify yourself? I'm, I'm not sure on that, but that that seemed to be the, the their big bone of contention. Um, and obviously, there's been there's been huge concerns from day one. From the you know the, the Dermot O'Leary has been repeatedly saying that he had concerns about the policing of this. For, from the perspective of bus drivers, he's the general secretary of the and trains as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's a, there's certainly going to be a lot. I see a lot of problems going forward for uh, train stewards. It's a, it's a tough job because um, you know, in the normal course of events, monitoring a train, there can be disputes over people sitting in the wrong seats that would be pre-booked. Different things like that. Maybe people having music turned up too loud. Yeah. 
Um, so now they're going to have to go along and check that everybody's got masks. And, you know, as I say, this guy didn't resist arrest last night. But there's always the situation where somebody could get aggressive or violent. And I'm sure that wouldn't be in the remit of uh, a trained steward to be acting in the role of a security. No, I know that. But in this case, the... The, the train staff did intervene, whereas there's a grey area as to whether train staff or bus drivers should actually intervene and call the guards. I mean, did everybody else wear masks then? Did you have a look around? Everybody. I, I think there was over 200 people on the train and there was um, full compliance. Mm. It's very interesting um, as to exactly why he was arrested, uh, if it's, um, well, if it's a guideline asked, and not a law. Yeah, from what I can gather, he'd been asked about three or four different times and refused and um, point blankedly refused to put on his mask. Maybe if he'd said he had a medical condition, um, it, it might have helped him, but he just he seemed like a principled guy, quite adamant that he it was within his rights not to wear a mask. And did, did, did you see whether the guard or the Irish Rail staff had masks on? They did. I took a photograph. I actually took a photograph of them and they were wearing masks and gloves, the, the, the both guards. Okay. It'd be interesting to see what happened with that guy after he was taken off the train. You know, whether or not he'll end up in court. Because they can't find him because you know, there's there's actually no law broken until they pass law on it. Maybe he just got a caution yeah. and how he's going to get it. How he's going to, I don't know how he got to Cork. There, there would have been one further train. Um, I, I got the impression that if he provided them with ID, they would have taken his name and maybe... Um, that might have been the end of the matter, but the fact that he refused to—that that seemed to be the, the the main bane of the of the two guardie at the time. The fact that he wouldn't provide them with any uh, formal ID. And off they took him. No questions yeah, asked. It, lasted, it probably lasted five to five or six minutes, and they were quite firm. No second chance, and off he went. You're coming and with there us. No, yeah. there was no real exchange of words or arguing. It was just that. They laid down the law very quickly. They were quite firm in the size of the assertive. Good uh, one. It ended quite quickly. Good one. I wonder if we're going to have more of these kind of stories, you know, in episodes. Probably, you know. Well, given that it's moving into shops and public places next week, I can see lots and lots of issues. Appreciate it. Thanks for taking the call as always, Joe Seward. Have a good weekend. Cheers. Thank you. Lies open at one eight fifty one zero four one zero six. Text zero eight six eight one zero four one zero six. That's why they're trying to work out as to who's going to, um, you know, who's actually going to uh, deal with ensure the law next week is obeyed. Like, will it be retail staff in shopping centres and retail outlets or not? I'm I'm wearing mask all of the time now when I'm shopping and doing things like that. But I find them very. I mean, my, I think mine is cotton. Very difficult to breathe through it. Really difficult now, you know. From time to time you have to kind of lift it up and walk outdoors and try and get a bit of a gasp. And obviously there must be better masks out there where you can actually breathe more comfortably through them. Quite pesky. But still, even though I am wearing masks when I'm out shopping, it's amazing the amount of people that aren't. And you still feel like a bit of a freak or maybe a bit of a hyper. Anybody feel like a bit of a hypochondriac? when you see so many other people who just aren't. Anyway, I didn't do this yesterday, and just ahead of the break, I'd like to do it now because I got a lovely text from Rose Keane, the sister of Frank Mackey, who is Nanny Nelly in the Panto in the Opera House. So good morning to you all, to Rose and to Frank. And Rose says to me, our parents are 60 years married, 16th of July, which is yesterday, so I'm a day late. My apologies. She said, we'd love if you could mention them. The last six months have been a tough time for them, as they were in their apartment in Lanzarote since the 6th of February, and we thought it's safer for them to stay there. 
Uh, Ma'am had a collapsed vertebrae in December of last year and would have been vulnerable travelling when the lockdown was announced. So they stayed put. They only got home on the 2nd of July and they're finishing their isolation period today, Friday. Uh, So happy release from that, lads. Ma'am has also been hospitalised in Lanzarote and it was a worrying time for all of us. So we would love to have a big party, but due to the circumstances, it's not a runner. We'd be delighted if you got the chance to wish them a happy 60th anniversary from their loving family. Now, I don't know your mum and dad's names because you didn't tell me in the in the email, but happy 60th and welcome release uh, from quarantine and lockdown and cocooning. So lovely to uh, celebrate with you today. 60 happy years. But apologies that I'm 24 hours late. Call the Neil Prenderville Show now. 1850-104-106. Red FM. Okay, very good. I've got serving members of Vanguardia Shikona contacting me now, and they're spot on here. I'll come back to their text in a few minutes' time. Let's go back to our phone lines. John, good morning. Morning, Neil. So it's an interesting thing. Guards get on the train at Thurless because your man won't put the mask on. Uh, what do you make of it? When did it become a law? Uh, not yet. Next week. Ah, sure. Here we go. So, the game source for the guard to get on the train or get any place and engage the public so they can arrest you for uh, a public order offence because you're not breaking any law. Well, here's an interesting one because I got three or four texts from serving guardy and here's one of them. Neil, I presume he was arrested for not providing his details as there is no power of arrest for not wearing a mask. Apparently you can't, you can be, uh, yeah, and somebody else then, another guard says, Section 24 of the Public Order Act, failure to provide name and address. No power of detention, but the guards can hold you until they can prove your details. You know, until they can prove who you are. So basically they want to engage with you so that they can get you for a public order offence. Because we don't have any law about masks. No, I just ex- no, I just explained that. It, it, they, they wouldn't oh, have taken him off yeah. the train because of the mask. The guards are telling me they yeah. took him off the train because he wouldn't tell them who he was. Yeah, well, that, that's okay. That's fair enough. But it, all he had to do was say who he was. And I'm sure he ca- he carried one of uh, Regina Doherty's illegal uh, 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 with him. Don't which would have had, 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 had all these details on us. Don't know what he did or didn't do with regards to that. He yeah, refused well, to give well, him his well, name and address yeah. and he refused to put on the mask and they arrested him. Yeah, so, yeah, so they, they stopped him for something that isn't the law and then they found a reason for to take him, or take him away. Well, now, that's a very so good they, point. Yeah. Yeah, so they basically set the scene for, uh, for to set an example. But, did, but don't, don't we need this fella taken off the train? If everybody's single person Why? on the train, because everybody else has a mask on, and, um, and, and he doesn't, and he makes people feel uncomfortable but, and worried around him. But masks don't work to scotch. It's, it's, it's an airborne virus, and the masks... Oh, let's not, the let's not, let's the not go through ma- all that we, again. But, uh, but we have the need, because the manufacturers of the masks will tell you categorically that they will not stop a virus. So that everything helps. Everything helps to reduce COVID-19. So, look, it, it's quite simple. If it's an airborne virus, you can get it through the eyes, you can get it through any part, any part of your Yeah, body. so if you've got a mask we, on we and you cough... Or you sneeze, you reduce it. So, how many people are coughing and sneezing at twenty four seven? I cough, I sneeze. Yeah, but you don't cough twenty four seven. And, and I mean, I'm sure. Ah, I'm come sure on, John. Hands, we don't know when I'm we're sure going to sneeze next. I, I'm sure you put your hands up to your mouth, and I'm sure you you uh, sneeze into your elbow or whatever. Yeah, yeah, I do all that, but you yeah. know, I mean, I still wear a mask. Yeah. I mean, I'm not yeah. giving the government uh, narrative on this, but I think it helps, you know. 
Yeah, I know, but I think that this is this has been handled. Uh, look, the whole thing has been wrong from day one. We all know it, and, and look, the government won't ha- hold their hands up on it. They are now penalising the people. They've put publicans in. They've put the country. They, they've bankrupted the country, and it's all down to ignorance. A lot of texts coming in. A lot of texts coming in. Actually, people very un, un, unhappy with somebody being taken off a train for uh, either not wearing a mask or not giving a name and address. Somebody just says, "I thought people had a right to silence." Has that changed in this country? Okay. Are you going? To, are you wearing a mask? No, one, and I have no intention of wearing it. And I will also not go to a shop that's into this cashless society thing. Uh, if you won't take my cash, I'll go somewhere where they will. And um, will you will you walk into will you walk into shops then, for instance, uh, or stuff like that without a mask on? I will go where I want to go, and, and if they don't want my business, that's fine. And if they ask you to put a mask on, what will you do? Turn around and walk out. You won't say anything. You just leave. Just leave. I I I vote with my feet, and I, I and while we're on it, now, uh our teacher has gone away now for a, for a meeting. Is he going to isolate for 14 days when he comes back? Da, 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 da. He's gone to Belfast, isn't he? He's gone. He's, he's, yeah, he's having a meeting with the, with the Brussels mafia. Oh, is he in, is he gone over to Europe? I thought, or maybe he was Brest- yeah. Belfast yesterday, Europe today. He, yeah, yeah. And as a matter of fact... So are you sure, just, you're sure of that, that he's gone and everything, is he? Well, that's, that's what it said on the, the radio this morning right. and on another channel. Okay, but well... They, yeah. should also, they should also tell Tony Connolly then that he should, uh, what you call it... I slept for 14 days as well because he's going there as well. Well, he he has to. I mean, that's uh, well, that's the same as Billy Calhoun isolated as well, I suppose. Oh, it's a good question. I mean, what will me Hall Martin do when he comes back from Brussels? Yeah. Well, O'Neill, I'll give you an even bet on us, and I'll give you two to one. And you know what the bet is. All right, well, the, watch that one with interest. Oh, sir. Done the hope and help. I'll certainly keep an eye on that one. I'm sure we all will. Let me get further details on his Brussels trip. Incidentally, quite an amount of people then who are sharing other different stories. And this is this is accurate because we called the person back here who can't go on the air. Morning. Hope you're well. Thanks for keeping us sane during the tough times or insane. I'm not sure. However, I felt that I myself was going to go insane when I heard that people are now renting out their apartments for COVID parties. Yes, they are. I mean, like... Uh, it, you know, we, we hear of all of the COVID parties in, in in people's homes and what have you. But I guess you can do the same on Airbnb, can't you? Anyway, he says, I was chatting to a guy that I'm friends with yesterday. I asked him what his plans for the weekend were. He told me, oh, we're all going to have a party in a big apartment inside in town. I said, is it your friend's gaff? And he said, nah, we've rented it out for the night. I replied, for the summer? No, 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 just for the night. The night. It's around 40 of us. We're all going on the session. Sure, who needs Magaluf? The funny thing about it is, I thought this lad had a brain on him. It doesn't seem that way. Have these property owners any cop on them when it comes to what's happening when they rent their apartments and homes out for one night? Bose, once it's money in their pockets, that's all that matters. It's a pure joke. Hope you can read this out, says Keith. So that is a rental for one night, which I assume you can do online. You can just rent an apartment for 24 hours, pay for it, give a deposit, you leave the apartment in good nick, you get the deposit back. So there's 40 of them gathering in a city centre apartment tomorrow night uh, while the pubs are closed. Anyway, to the phone lines we go on, on a, a related matter to that, actually. Darren, good morning. Morning, Neil. How are you? I'm good, my man. You're a young fellow, right? And I think in one, one part of your um, email to me, you said 
some of the stories being put out by the residents, I assume you're talking mm-hmm. about the residents around Glasheen Road, College Road, Magazine Road, yeah, exactly, are, are totally exactly. false regarding the uh, the parties and students um, on yeah, the set. Yeah, yeah. And like just before we start, let me make one thing clear. I'm not saying everything is uh, totally false or anything like that. No, no, I said that. You said, you said yeah. that... So, no, it's gone off the screen. I think you said some of the things. Yeah, some of the things. And look... Um, the, and the main things I, I want to talk about is the two houses on, that were on RT News um, in Magazine Road and etc. I won't be just for my collection. I won't be naming any anything like that. But like, I think um, like there is a massive um, there's a massive stereotype from people. And like, correct me if I'm wrong. I don't think there has been a young person on the radio. I think they've. I think they have been, and like we have channeling that energy wrong as well. They've probably taken to you and like abused you on Twitter and things like that, which isn't fair either. Yeah, so. I couldn't care less about any of that. But I, but I did speak to a couple of young fellas, all right, who were going to right. uh, college right. road parties, and and right. you've been at them as well. See, I haven't I been have there. Been. I can only I listen been. to what you have. Yeah, okay. Yeah, I have been, and look, uh, I suppose you'll start with. On the 26th of June, on your show, you had Aidan on, I don't know if you remember, but remember you had the, uh, you were talking about the cars being keyed and stuff. Yeah. So when when you, when, when that topic came up and, and the poor nurse that got the car keyed, like, and you yourself said how stupid can people be, and they're a bunch of idiots, and that is true, like, I've no, I've no doubt about that, whoever did it, but you yourself said that was probably done by students, and then you went back and you said, I don't know for sure. But I think, like... Uh, I also said at the time that it could well have been a resident who thought it was a student's car. Do you recall it? Absolutely, absolutely, absolutely. And 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 my pro- my my problem doesn't lie with you. My problem actually lies with uh, your man Aidan that says that there's been no change and that the guards have been called. Like like people here like bl- will blame everyone uh, but themselves, Neil. Really, like, and if they really, really want change. Like they are going to have to to change their attitudes a bit, a bit really, like because like this thing of like the like like some of the stories are just absolutely ludicrous. Like like Aiden has been has been claiming that the parties are going on every minute of the day and every minute of the night. Yeah. Like Neil, like my friends that are living on College Road, like they don't get the reality is like they don't get up till about two o'clock in the day. And that, like, and a lot of them, and not all of them, but a lot of them are working, and they do have jobs, and like they, like, how could they be, like, like you know what I mean? And there's no, ba- there's no basis. Like, like, well, I think exactly what's happening is the the college, uh, the college road committee, and all that. Like, I think that they're they're kind of playing dirty, really, to try and um, to try and make change. And if they really want change. That's uh, that's absolutely not the way to go. I think. But you've been at the parties, so they, they I have do, been. They do yeah, exist. I have been. You've oh, been at parties in College oh. Road. You've been at so, parties in uh, Magazine Road. Oh, I've been. Yeah, I definitely, I definitely, I definitely have been. But like, but like, um, just ignoring the part, like ignoring the parties for a second, like, and look. They are rightly important, and like, with, with so we can't ignore on. them, Darren. This is the purpose of our conversation. Mm, mm, mm. But I'm saying, for if you, if people do want change, like they need to stop lying anyway for a start, and they need to. Secondly, they need they can't be as stupid like to believe everything that they're hearing, like because the reality of it is, Neil, like there's people on the on that called Row committee committee that are councillors and things that. Um, so. That maybe like, no, like here's a, like here's an example. Listen to what I'm saying, but maybe have been spinning stories. 
Why? Not to you. Uh, because they weren't changed so badly and they and they can't see any other way. What change do they want? What What is the change that they're, 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 they're lying to get? They want this, I suppose they want the students out bottom line and, and that's it. Okay. No matter, you know, and I think that's really not the way to go. Like, I think they need to accept the fact that they're living on College Road. There'll be students living there forever. But if they really want change, to like, why can't they? Why can't they meet with? The, and I'm not saying this hasn't been done before, but why can't they meet with students and uh, talk to them, like, and, and and talk to them? You know what I mean? And don't be and don't be spinning mad stories. Well, when would they? When would they talk to them? Knock on the door when the party's gone on. Call the next day when no, they're in bed I, when they have hangovers. That's, when, that's, like, exa- that's exactly what I'm trying to say. That's completely wrong as well like how how do you how do you expect to talk to a young fella or a young or a young one or whatever like when when they're drunk and you know what i mean like like that's that's completely wrong i suppose they'll have to they'll i suppose that's completely up to them but like the point i'm trying to make is that they have been approaching it wrong and like look i'm, I'm not an expert or anything but like this is coming from a young person and i think okay. it's um okay. I'm tell me only young. all right tell me that yeah. no i've had others but and they also say that it's fake news, but tell me about the parties that you went to. Like, what time did they start at? How many people were there? What went we'd on? Probably, what time did they probably, finish at? We'd probably we'd probably go up to the house about uh, eight o'clock at night, and like it would it would like like I'd be look. I can't say everyone would be, but like from my own experience, I'd, I'd be up at the house for eight. Uh, look, we'd drink away or whatever, and. I'd probably be home by I suppose half twelve, like one o'clock, and that's and that's the god honest truth. Like I, I would be getting taxis home that hour. And look, not everyone is like that, and not everyone is like me. But at the same time, if there is people like me, and, then then okay. like why can't everyone be like that? But okay. Like, and what time? And how many people would be at one of those typical parties? Uh, I'd say max before probably. Eight or nine. Ah, uh, come here, you're giving me a sanitised version of reality. I'm there, not, so I'm not. And Neil, and, but Neil, how, how, okay, that's fine, that's fine if you think that, but how can you say that to me? But then when Aidan was on saying that he knows a landlord that got false documentation from employers for their tenants and all this, how can you believe that then? And like, there's no point in saying you didn't believe it, or maybe you didn't, but like, you still. Well, I can that. never, I never be 100% sure of anything no, unless I'm sitting no, in the middle of no, the party myself. No. But here, here, for instance, Claire says, just to let you know, and the guy on the air, that these parties are going on every night. I'm awake okay. all night. This is the night just gone. I've been awake all night. I'm living off College Road. Got up this morning at half past six because I'm a frontline worker. They were still yeah. shouting yeah. and roaring up to seven o'clock when I left for work. And I'm going to work totally exhausted, says Claire. And I suppose, I suppose that this is actually my fault. I, just to make myself clear, I actually don't agree with anyone moving out for the summer. Um, I think they have no reason to be up there, to be honest. But look, it is what it is now. And I'm trying, like, if I suppose I'm trying to, if if people on College Road want want to change, like, they'll have to, uh, they will have to change their attitudes like, on, how, on how they're dealing with. But, like, back to the point of Aidan, like, saying that, um, the students have got false documentations pretending that they're working um, and that the tenants can't be working all the time because they're partying all the time. Like, like that's absolutely ludicrous. Like, and, it ha- and he has no basis to be saying that. And the reality of it is, Neil, like, how does he know if they have false documentation? Like, Get like, your man another one. Okay, you've made that point twice now. Get him off the radio, for God's sake. How would he know what's going on? The residents have to listen to it, not him. Uh, pity, I'm in work, can't come on air, but I'd tell him 
how it is if I could. They they have jobs. Sure, sure, they're probably going into work from the parties drunk then if they have jobs. Okay, okay. Look, like the, this is more of it. Like, like, like I'm hardly coming on air, like laying through my teeth. Like, you know what I mean? Like, I wouldn't be. But you don't know what's be. going on, sure. Like, you're going home no, at no, twelve. You're going home at twelve o'clock, sure. You don't know what's going on at two or three. Yeah, now. I don't. But like, you're missing the point. Like, you, and you and you completely missed the point. I don't know what's going on. I don't know everything. I'm nineteen. How could I? Like, I'm just trying to tell you, and I suppose a lot of people that. Um, that a lot of the stories and stuff like they, they and that I know aren't true. Look, okay. I'm not saying okay. that all they're the not true. Okay, hang on a second. No, fair play to you. Finn, good morning. I'm going to step back. Good Finn. morning, how are you? Yeah, go ahead. How What's are you? you? Good. Is this guy for real? Um, the, 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 the country went into lockdown and every responsible person in the country followed guidelines. The students decided that, that the future of our country, I might add, decided that they wanted to party, which is not a problem because it's been happening since day dot that parties happening around the College Road area. But in mm-hmm. the middle of what's going on, there shouldn't be a loud problem. There's people sitting on pubs that can't open because of laws and because of guidelines. And they, yet you go to any shop that sells a be- breakfast roll and that has an off license, right about half past ten, and the places are thronged with students going in to get their breakfast roll and to top up the alcohol from the night before. Now, I'm no party pooper, and I'm not going to turn around and say the students shouldn't party. Of course they should, because every student has partied once or twice in their life. But this mm. guy coming on the radio and asking the residents to change. The residents have been there since they've been kids. And they don't party every night. And it's just a little bit more responsibility. Tweak and stop the blame culture. The students are wrong, 100%. That if they're going to a party, and I've seen it myself because I live on the lock. I've seen it myself. The party begins in the lock at quarter past six, half past six. And it goes on to the houses. And they move from one house to another house like a game of musical chairs. So this guy on the radio... Really, really. If he goes home at 12 o'clock, he's a very, very good boy being home before midnight. But that doesn't happen. <laughs> right. That's not reality. Right. Okay, okay, that's fine. And look, I'm, I'm not saying for a second that you're lying or anything, but look, let's start what you just said there. Everyone else following guidelines in the country bar students. Like, really? That's exactly... Really? Well, hang on a second. Are you you, have, you heard, have you heard one, one, one complaint? Have you heard one complaint since the lockdown saying that there's been a bunch of adults... Absolutely. Yes, 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 yes. Of course yes, I have. Yes, yes. And let me just stop you there, actually. You said everyone else following guidelines apart from students. The fella, the adult that was just on beforehand was talking about how he won't give cash to anywhere. And he won't, or he won't wear a mask in shops. You know what I mean? Yeah, like I this is, and Neil, like that's this is what we're dealing with. But listen, listen to what I'm saying. Listen to what I'm saying. There's no need to come on here and attack me. I'm trying to... I'm attacking you. I'm giving an opinion like you've been giving an opinion. I'm not attacking you all, but what I'm saying is that if a guy refuses to give cash and wear a mask going into a shop, that's his. He will he will get his comeuppance with that because he won't be served in the shop that comes into that we have to do it, and he have to wear a mask so he won't be served in the shop. But he it, loses okay, out, and, and that's completely fine. But do you not think the principle still remains? All right, let's not let's not get into those kind of semantics. That, no, that, no, I mean, no. that, there is story after story after story regarding students yeah, and young yeah, people up yeah. in the college road. They're not all made up. You're suggesting that they're exaggerated. It's not as bad as, mm-hmm. as best mm-hmm. people make it out to be. That's it, isn't it? That's it. That's basically it. And like one thing I will say to the to the fella 
who just came on there, if you do keep holding that attitude of, look, I'm not saying you attacked me or anything or anything anything like that, far from it, but if you do hold on to that attitude, you won't see any change, and that's the bottom line. I do, but you see, but the, thing is, the, the, the thing is, I don't have the attitude, because if you listen to the start of my statement, I said that students have been partying from day dot, but you mm. made the comment, not me, that the attitude of the people who are full-time residents there needs to change. No, it doesn't, because it's the students who need to fit into their environment not the yeah, other way around yeah, my friend yeah yeah okay yeah, and that's fine but look uh, we are where we are now and it is what it is and if you I'm just telling you now if you keep holding that attitude and you're not open to any change yourself how can students be I'm, open to I'm, change I'm totally, I'm totally open to change but you answer this well then change your attitude and that's the bottom line no, like. again, again you're using the word attitude as if it's, it's giving it away for free I'll ask you a question in the sense yeah. of why should, if it was your parents were living on College Road, your grandparents yeah. that had yeah. been there and in their 70s or 60s and 70s, and the students were having parties every night, why should yeah. somebody who's been set in their life for so long have to change to adapt to the lifestyle of a student? There you go. They That's should. my point. They, so I listen, yeah, okay. And, yeah, and also, yeah. Darren, you know, Darren, you, like, it, it is breaking protocol and guidelines to be going to house parties in first place. Absolutely. Yeah. Oh, oh, absolutely. Yeah, I agree with you. And I'll reiterate my point earlier. I actually don't agree with people moving out there. I, I genuinely No, you, you going, you going there. You oh, going me, there. Oh, yeah. yeah. I yeah. know, I know that. I know that. But okay, sure. hold on a second. Hey, Dawn. Hi Neil, how go, are you? Good, good go ahead. Here. How yeah. are you? Good, thanks. Um, I want to just say that um, like a lot of the young people actually around the area are first helpful, but it's just the young people that are renting there that are causing damage to people's property yeah, and staying yeah, up all yeah. night making the noise. And I think, I think Darren, you're a very brave young know, to come on the radio this morning. A fair place to back up your own, right? <laughs> thanks a million, thanks a million. Like my, no bother, my mother, my grandmother and all the people before them have lived in that area all their lives. Yeah. And it was never, people have partied for years and they would have yeah. rented their, their parties, but they never went to the extent as what's been going on for the last few years. And mm-hmm. then I know Darren mm-hmm. did say about Maybe they should talk to the students. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And they've been involved with the social, not the residents' association, but other associations for senior citizens there for years, age action and all that. And we've had loads of meetings in the college. We, I'm talking yeah, 30 yeah. years ago, like, and we've been having meetings yeah. about, but I mean, there was never the damage that's been caused, burning up bins. Like, I have yeah, to check yeah. under the wheels of the car in case there's a bottle put yeah. there in the morning. And look, I like my my heart genuine. That genuinely actually upsets to hear. But at the same time, how can everyone be sure that all this damage is being done by students? Oh, like, for God's sake! I mean, like, because there's not many seventy-year-olds going down the road. Oh, I know that, but like, listen. Right. Okay. Oh, okay. Yeah, I, I can see where you're coming from. I do. I know where you're coming. No, it's from. the res- it's the residents are are doing all of that. It's not the but students. I, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, yeah. I don't see, and I don't even like to call them students. It's actually, because there's no college open, so they're not studying anything. I think we should call them young renters. Oh, absolutely, <laughs> and I'm no fool either. Like, I know exactly what students. Are Look, at the same time, look, if I wasn't being on here and I wasn't telling you the truth or anything, like, I just don't, I don't believe for a second a lot of the things that, um, that have been, and look, maybe I, maybe I'm wrong, like, maybe I am wrong, like, but I think, like, there's no possible, well, I actually know that there's no possible way, unless you have all seen it yourselves, that you can go on air and claim that people... Well, I mean, a lot of the residents who have seen it are actually in court this morning, taking landlords to court. But just... Yeah, they have seen it cleaned up after that. So you're 19, Darren. Uh, What do you do? Are you on a COVID payment or or anything like that? No, I'm not on a COVID payment. I work. 
I actually work full time at the moment. Okay. Did you go to UCC? I can't say that for legal reasons. Right, fair enough. Okay. Well, Darren, uh, I, I give you one bit of credit. In fairness, to you stuck to your guns, but um, you can't you say because you went to college for legal reasons. That's, exactly, that's but you stuck one. to your guns, and and, and you, you made a valid point. But the, set, the the fact of the matter is, is that the students are causing the problem. So the the, the people who are not, and I'm, I'm a complete. That's it. That's it. I'm moving on. Thank you. I'm going around in circles here. We've made all of the points relevant to this point in time. He says. Um, and he says that he's absolutely non-biased in any way. People are entitled to their opinions. But um, you need to know that some of the stories are absolutely ludicrous and have them been spun in a desperate attempt uh, to change things up there for the residents who just want students gone and will make up stories uh, to suit the narrative. That's pretty much what he's saying. Thanks, Darren. Thanks, Finn. Thanks, Aideen. Back after the break. Talk to Neil Printerville now. 1851-04106. Red FM. Okay, people are very incensed about uh, the last conversation, and that's a good thing. Uh, can I just also mention that a resident of the area just texted to say that there's a house party going on now. It's been going on for 24 hours up in a house um, near City Young's. People are all dancing at the back. The noise is awful, and it's just turned 24 hours later now since that party started. So, um, I don't know, maybe some sleep and others party on, and they do the sleep and resting and rotation, or maybe people come and go. But it's 24 hours on the go now, that party in particular. I wonder what Darren would say about that. Just a quick on this side of uh, of uh, 10 o'clock. Christy, good morning. Neil, how are you? I've got to have about two and a half minutes. So you, you're talking about that Darren is right the student is no, real no, for this, right? I, the point I'm making is, I'll tell you one thing, I would, if he was my son, I'd be very proud of him. What a lovely young man. And he's trying to bring a bit of logic to a situation that has, in my opinion, gone out of hand in every scenario, having to go to court. I mean, people have to talk. You have to have dialogue. You'll never fix anything while the party's going on, Neil. You've got to make arrangements to meet representatives of the students, sit down with the residence committees, as I did in Limerick, and get get common ground. Now, there's no point in ranting and raving about it because everybody has tried to fix this and nobody's fixed it, right? So surely be to God what the suggestion he's making is right because there's not the only bad feelings there. So the, for, for in the interest... So they tried all that. They spoke all to the, the college, they spoke to the students' union, they spoke to the guards. You can't talk to drunk no, or homeless students. students. The students are the people who are living in the houses. They're the people that knock on their doors and out of a chapel and say, lads, please, can you do something for me? Right? That's the only way you fix those, Neil. I, I, I make it from a perspective... Well, why aren't the guards going into that party, the 24-hour party there that's been going on up near Sissy Young's? Just break well, it Neil, up. look... Look, I, I've had every kind of a story. I, 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 I do a lot better walking than talking, Neil, right? But that is, I'm telling you, that is solvable. But people have come about to the right way. Going to court and creating bad feelings and more bad feelings is not going to work, never worked. Arbitration media, I mean, I put this way to you. I guarantee you I'd sort it. How would you sort it? Because I'd, you'd have a, you'd have a bunch say, of students I'd who are renting I'd, there I'd, now I'd, and they're COVID paying. I'll tell you one thing, Neil. That's only Mickey Mouse stuff to, to, to the stuff I did sort, and that's not a brag. Um, I'm, I'm sure the housing states in Limerick would be harder to sort than a, than a couple of students parting. Would you not agree? Well, I, I commend you for your work as a member, a former member of the force. I do for no, absolutely. No, but, but the point but, I make is nobody, nobody has solutions. That young lad came up today. He put himself in the firing line. He was very honest, saying he went home at twelve o'clock. I'd be very proud of him. I think he's, I think he's going to. He's, he's the one person that. that but he shouldn't have been there in the first place. Him. He shouldn't have been at a house party in the first place, and others didn't Neil, leave at twelve I, o'clock. 
need I have too many faults myself to sit in judgment on anybody. My strengths my my weaknesses are my strengths, Neil. I don't sit in judgment on anybody. Because you know something, Neil? I wouldn't like anyone to, to judge me. No, but I'm not judging you. I'm not judging him either. No, I'm no, just you're not. I, it's a general he's comment saying, I'm making. He's Neil. saying that, they're, is, that these stories are it, absolutely ludicrous and they've been spun. Right, if the residents come to you, Neil, you can give them my number. If they want to sit down and talk to me about resolving this, I will have a go with them for it and cost them nothing. Okay. Because right? all I want to do, is, as I did in Limerick, was to move it could be done. Okay, right? happy to do that. Much obliged. I'm going to keep on moving because I'm just uh, close on 10 o'clock. <clears throat> Somebody asking the question there with regards to Michal Martin. Yeah, he's not in Brussels, but he is going to Brussels this weekend. He'll be there tomorrow and uh, he'll be there today actually. He's going today and he'll be there tomorrow Saturday as well. Uh, but the Taoiseach, Michal Martin, will be exempt from self-quarantine uh, while on essential business when he comes home. Uh, but outside of that, he needs to restrict his movements for two weeks. So there's more of the vagueness associated with the coronavirus. He'll be exempt from self-quarantine when he comes back, but he will need to restrict his movements for two weeks, whatever that means. Back after 10. The Neil Prenderville Show. With Tesco. Save time and shop online. Simply log on to tesco.ie. So it's 6810416 and uh, pick up the phone on 1850104106. A lot of texts from this morning already, which I'll come back to, and contact and emails from yesterday. Uh, lads, the OR number is going up. The original date for the pubs, uh, or, well, original date for the pubs was August 10th anyway. It's not just Black Lives Matter. Uh, it's all our lives matter on this one. And I think Mihar Martin showed how watery is in handling the Cowan st- uh, stuff. Uh, being, I don't quite follow that text, but uh, anyway, just I think the, the bones of that text is, okay, the pubs are put back by a few weeks, but that's where they were from day one anyway with regards to the different phases. Just on the pub issue, opening the pubs would reduce the amount of house parties and maybe in theory provide a safer and more controlled environment with all of the pubs open. Also, have the pubs that made have remained closed considered teaming up with mobile catering companies to provide a substantial meal where facilities are not available? Uh, I think a lot of pubs did do that, and they put menus in for takeaway. Some of them have chipper menus, other have uh, pizza menus. You know, Nobody cares if the pubs are opened or closed. In fact, the majority of people in the country prefer to see them closed, I would hazard. Uh, another one here, I was in a very popular restaurant and bar in the city on Saturday. Our booking was for 7.15. And when we were in there, the owner who showed us to the table told us there was nobody booked in for our table after us. So there was no rush in leaving. We got there at quarter past seven. We left at half past nine when our food was finished. But there was absolutely no pushing us to leave any earlier. And you could tell we were welcome to stay as long as we wanted. Uh, morning, you have publicans on the air with you acting the poor mouth. Come November... There'll be over a hundred deaths a day, says Pat from the lock, if you don't get it together now. And of course, you've got all of that going on, and then you have um, the issue regarding masks and who's going to police that. Uh, I think it's a bit unfair that the smaller pubs can't open and places pretending to serve food can. Most have no food made on the premises. They just run to the local chippy and grab a sausage supper. That is not following the rules. Everyone can find loopholes, and it should be one rule for all. If you're a resident in a hotel, you don't have to eat anything whatsoever during your stay. You can buy as much alcohol as you want while a resident, even during the current guidelines. I'm, not, I'm still not convinced of that. I still know people who are staying in hotels because they're working away and they cannot go into the bar. The bar is closed. They can have a drink with a meal, but they can't go in for pints or a few glasses of wine in the bar. Um, so maybe it's a case that some hotels are allowing that while others aren't. Anyway, back to the phone lines on this Friday morning. Ellen, good morning. 
Good morning, Neil. Okay, now I'm going to come back to uh, what's going on in Cork District Court uh, this morning with Olin Kelleher. But t- tell me about your own son. Uh, my son is a sec- he will be going into second year in UCC, and he was a resident in Farnley last year. Okay. Um, um, on the 9th of July this year, we got an email. Um, requesting payment of €3,648, which would take him up to Christmas. If this money hadn't been paid by the 24th of July, that he would lose his place. Now, now Farrenly, explain that now. That's, 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 that's student accommodation. It's a, it's, it's a campus, it's a student accommodation there at Victoria Cross. Um, it's <clears throat> predominantly first years, some second years go there as well. Um, third years. Um, people who were there last year had first preference to rebook for this year. Last year we we um, we were emailed and after there were college offers and we had up to the 23rd of August to pay their first instalment. So they're they're all single rooms. Um, it's it's pretty comparable to the campus accommodation. It might be slightly a little bit more expensive, okay, okay. but it's it's very it's it, it's very close to to UCC and the course that my son is doing. But on contacting Farron Lee, there was no leeway with with this payment. If you don't pay, you lose your place. Now my problem is that some of his pals have repeats, and we have had no clarity from UCC on when they're going back. Are they going to go back for a week every month? Like UL, are they going to go back? You know, a day a week. Are they going to go back after Christmas? What we we don't know whether it's going to be distance learning from now till Christmas, or are they going to have physical lectures? It's very much up in the air. Now, on the twenty fifth of March this year, just after lockdown, we got an email from Farron Lee. Every every resident there got an email from Farron Lee to say that they were providing a full service. Even though the country was in full lockdown, That's right, that there was that. no leaving, there was no leaving your home, there was no leaving anything, and because there was a full service provided, there was absolutely no refund due to any of these. I things. remember dealing with that back in yeah. March. They were saying that we have yeah. staff here, the office is open here, the accommodation is available here. So technically, you know, you're still tenants. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. So we. Got you guys were looking for a refund. Did you get a refund? No, we got a refund, I think, of, of 63 euros, and that was for utilities that we had paid till the end of the year. That was the balance that was left over. And what are they looking for now? They're looking for 3,648 euros, and that is from now until December. And you don't know, and your son doesn't know, and nobody knows just when college... College isn't back, sure it's not. I mean, is it open? Are the people going nope. in and out of nope. yeah, yeah. Yeah. Well, we, 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 we've, we've been onto the student union and we've had no clarity when college will restart. Will it physically restart? Will it be distance learning? Like I know, you just said March? all of, Yeah, I know. So, like, it's a very unfortunate situation because I'd imagine Farron Lee will say now what they said in March, pay up or lose your place. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a bit like, so the, Ryan, really it's a bit like the Ryanair model. The, fl- the planes are flying, you're not getting your money back, isn't it? Absolutely. You're really caught between a rock and a hard place because if you don't pay, you lose your money. Or if you don't pay, you lose your place. If you pay and then they don't go back until until after Christmas, it's, you know, in these times now, you know, people are finding a talk. We're heading yeah. into a massive recession. And like, I don't particularly want to be spending, you know, three and a half thousand for him to sit at home. Now, if we knew from UCC that he was back one week every month, say, as I said, like UL, well, then I would put him up in a hotel for the, for the four nights that he's there, which would work out much cheaper. And do you think there's an awful lot of people in the same scenarios, you know, getting these, um, you know, you say demands? 
demand, absolutely. And a lot of the parents have emailed back Farnley and the bottom line is pay up or lose your place. Okay, well, we have a call into Farnley. I hope I get a response before midday today. We'll see what they have to say on the matter. Yeah, yeah. I just, I just wanted to put it out there, Neil. You know, everybody's in the same boat here now. And I, I know I was listening to you with the students and the parties and all that. And I know there's a lot of bad feeling towards the students down there at the moment. But, you know, I mean, the bottom line is I just think this is out and out greed. Greed. Yeah. Um, is that private enterprise, though, isn't it? It's a commercial property. It is a private, unfortunately. It is a private enterprise, but they, they sell themselves a student, a student campus accommodation. Like when I was booking it, to be honest now, maybe it was my own fault. I actually thought they were affiliated with some way with UCC, but it is private and it is a business. And I can understand that, that everybody has to make their money. But, you know, I think a little bit of leeway here, certainly until the, the repeat results are out. And we have some clarity from UCC. I think a demanding email to have your money paid in full on the 24th of July is a little bit Ryanairish. I know. It's the same <laughs> principle. It's the same principle. Okay, let's let's see what they have to say on the matter, Ellen. Do stay listening, all right? Appreciate your contribution. Okay, thank you. Listen to your show all the time from overseas. I must say that you get some very interesting guests on your show, but it's good to hear people's views. Uh, we don't always have to think the same or agree on certain topics. I agree with you there. Uh, I'll start by saying that one of your callers on the air, I think his name was Clifford, on the air during the week, um, well... Leaves a lot to be desired. Let me put it like that. He accused you of pushing the government narrative. He gave you a number of deaths under 65 since COVID-19, and he said to go and check it out. It's a hard fact, he said to you. You checked these stats out yourself, and he was wrong. He said he did his research. Some people think doing research is watching a YouTube video or reading an article here and there. I can tell you that that's not research, buddy. He's the type that will keep COVID-19 around for a long while. Fair enough, we are all entitled to our own opinion. He's entitled to do what he wants, when he wants. But to come on your show and say that masks don't work and that he doesn't back it and, he, and then not back it up with evidence, this is completely false information. I want to know where he's getting his information from. There are scientists, doctors and experts all over the world now saying that wearing masks slows down the spread of the virus. This is a fact. When I say masks, I mean the proper masks and not the paper ones from China. The proper masks slow down the spread of the virus. It doesn't stop it, but it definitely slows it down. He was on your program trying to tell people not to wear a mask. If he doesn't want to wear one, fair enough. But he shouldn't be telling anybody else that masks don't work when he is plainly wrong. Um, You can't win, Neil. You give everyone a voice on both sides of the fence. Yet you'll have numpties saying you're pushing a narrative when all you do is give everybody a voice and the people free to come on air to have their say. Thank you for that, Ty. It's a much lengthier email than that that I don't have time to, to read out, but I do appreciate it. And then, surely Spain cannot be included in a safe destination for Irish people travelling abroad. They're back up to 650 cases a day and rising rapidly. We will have to stop US citizens from entering our country as well. It's only a matter of time before they bring more infection to Ireland. I see one of our leaders in government was fast asleep on the job again yesterday. Eamon Ryan should be ashamed of himself. Imagine voting on an important issue and a man is snoring his head off. It really shows what the government thinks of the Irish people, doesn't it? Well, in fairness, he was the only one sleeping in the Dáil yesterday. There was few enough of them in there. Some other TD said sitting in Dáil Éireann for lengthy periods of time and falling asleep is not unlike sitting in the cinema for a length of time and falling asleep. I mean, that's an incredible thing to say. Like, it's almost saying that any of us in work, nine to five, it's all right just to go for an old snooze right in the middle of a working day. Maybe it is. Maybe HR are all right with that kind of stuff. I don't know. Anyway, Dennis, good morning. 
Hi, Neil. How are I'm well, thank you. And thank you to you and to Leanne for sharing the story um, and let people be aware of the different scams that are going on out there. This is €1,800 Euro worth. What happened? Well, what happened was, first day was, we were looking for a place to stay, me and my girlfriend, and we were kind of surfing around on the internet and stuff, and my cousin gave me gave me an agent's name. So we kind of see us sent an email, and we were kind of rolling with us, and we were showing the property up in, where was it, up in, up on College Road, we were showing the property. So we kind of rolling with it, and we kind of went with it, and there was an agent gone to us, and he sent us another agent's number, or uh, email address. And we we sent an email and we viewed the place. We liked it. Well, we didn't view it. We liked it. It was 1,800 euros. Yeah, you didn't see it now or anything. You're just talking about photographs, aren't you? Yeah, we were talking about photographs. We didn't see it or anything. But we were kind of, we were excited because we didn't, you know, it was our first time moving out. Like, and it looked beautiful. Everything looked good. Well, we were just going to send away the money, but her father turned around and said, it looks kind of dodgy and a bit fishy. So her father, my mother actually typed it into Google and it came up that the house was sold. The house was sold and we kind of, we were like, what's the story here? So we went down to myhomes.ie and none of the pictures were the same. So we said, hold on a second. Like we said, what's the story? So Mike eventually then we found that the Italian couple was after being scammed out of 900 euros by the same man. So we were just like, we were like, what's happening here? So we we kind of said it to him. We said it straight up. We said, there's something on the internet here about this. And he was still trying to pull over our eyes, trying to say, no, 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 this is my house. And we couldn't believe it. Like, he was trying to take 1,800 euros out of our pockets and it was every penny that we had. Um, was he here in Cork? Was he overseas? No, no, was, did he say he was minding it for somebody else? His, his, his excuse, his agent, his, his excuse was he was abroad because of the, the coronavirus and he was in England. That was his excuse. And he was going to come back later on in the month and let us view the property and everything. And we were like... So we can't view it, but we have to send you 1,800 euros, is it? So, like, he was, it was kind of a con from the start, to be going on Is it 900 a month and uh, and and uh, a second month deposit, is it? Yeah, 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 that's what it was. That's what it was. But we were just we were just trying to make people aware of, of him personally. Like, we just don't want anyone to be getting caught by him, do you know what I mean? And was, like, the, the, these different agents, were they, for, were they from letting agencies or companies, or were they all individuals? We, they're all individuals. Ah, sure, like, that's it, yeah. yeah, yeah. Sure, They're like, no one in their right mind would for a moment ever transfer money into somebody else's bank account without at least yeah. going to visit the property. Yeah, but that's what we were doing. Like, that's what we were, we, we, we know that ourselves, but there was an Italian couple got caught by them, and that's what we were kind of like, you know, we were like, it was, it was all wasn't nice for them, obviously, like, but Jesus and my girlfriend, if we had the money in the account, she probably would have sent it there and then, you know what I mean? Being naive about it, like... See, people are getting caught. You see, they yeah, might be so like, they might be so for, desperate. That Italian couple might have been overseas were. looking for somewhere in Cork, kind of thing. Exactly. We were like we were, were living we were living in hotels here and there, and saw him on couches and stuff. But like we're so desperate that we would have sent the money. Do you know what I mean? Like, like if we, if I had a small bit of cash, and if I put that into it, that was in the bank account. We were almost everything that I had was gone. Like. You would have been cleaned out. Absolutely. Oh, cleaned out as in, like, I would have had nothing. I would have been, I would have been, Jesus, in a desperate state of mind. Like, I would have been, everything that I had would have been poured into it. Like, and he would have been laughing at me. Like. And when you he said, was, when you said, uh, no, I'm not going to transfer the money because um, I hear that. He was, 
he was persistent to get the money out of us. He was like, he was, he was like, oh, and um, what did he say? He sent the girlfriend a message saying, oh, I'm so like, I'm so surprised that someone was using my identity, and I, this must be, it must be true. I've heard it now from me. And we were like, and he's still texting her today, trying to get the money out of her. Like. What's his English like? Uh, broken, a small but broken. Yeah, and the photographs that he sent you, they were kind of was kind of high end photographs of uh, house, and did, were the photographs of the rooms and everything. Yeah, they were all high end. They were all high class spec. And then my girlfriend went on to my homes that I and had a look, and there were nothing like the house that that was on my homes that I like. The house that actually was there, like it was just it was my. Oh, uh, so he just picked an address. He just picked and then just sent you photographs some some other property kind of thing. <laughs> yeah, exactly, exactly. And he wanted to, he wanted he what they wanted to do was bring us up outside the property and view the property from outside. Oh, he was going to arrange that, was he? He was going to arrange that. Yeah, yeah. He was going to arrange for someone to come up and actually review it. But my girlfriend said then in a the message, if there's someone already living in the house, why can't the tenants open the door and leave us? Nah, view the place? Like, yeah, 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 yeah. What yeah, do you say to that? Was, he was he was having none of it. He was having none of it. I just that there wasn't another tenant living in the house there. Then then that's what he said. Yeah, they use because they use stock pictures. You see, which that, you know don't relate to the property at all. We were just we were just kind of we seen the other day just to make people aware of it, you know, so that they're not getting caught themselves because uh, like it would have been a desperate state of affairs if so we were caught. Like. That's an international phone number he had and everything. Yeah, 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 international phone number. He was after sending it was an Irish Irish lad that sent us on to this lad, so they were all kind of interlinked. You know what I mean? My God, huh? Isn't that amazing? Oh, it was crazy. It was just, just mind blowing. Like, and it was every penny that we had. Imagine if she sent it, we would have been as. You nearly, you nearly did, yeah. And are you still desperate for summer? Well, we just viewed the place down up this morning and saying, look, so we're kind of we're keeping our options open. We are And were there many people looking at that property? Um, not as I, not as far as we know. But the man this morning said that he's usually around forty people to view it, and the girl Alice that were view our agent at the moment. She, she kind of arranged for us just to view it on her own so we're looking we're, we're liking it at the moment So, so there, but there you think there's 40 other people interested in the one house yeah, yeah. it's crazy like I would have thought things crazy. would have backed off and there would have been more property available these days no I, I don't know no, I don't so where are you where are you living are you literally sleeping on a couch I'm sleeping on a couch now. I'm down in my girlfriend's house tonight, and my girlfriend's sister's house tonight. And tomorrow I'm up in my aunt's house. It's we're all off the place, me. And from time to time, a hotel room is it? Yeah, from my hotels then, like, and say from whatever money I make, in I'm spending say four hundred euros out of every week on hotels, and like, so like four nights of the week I can afford to stay in hotels, and then three nights of the week I'm not able to. I have to stay at people's oh, houses. Oh, of course, man, that's awful. Did, and, and did you did you lose your house, or was it? Did you have accommodation? Oh, just my mother, my mother, and my like I was living in my mother's place when my sister had twins. Ah, yeah, you don't go into the deal. It was just too small for all of you, was it? Yeah, too small. Sure, sure I couldn't say that she had twins, and you now I was getting too big and hairy enough for that. You know what I mean? I know, I know, it's tough. I hope fingers crossed on the one in Saint oh. Luke's, though. But at least, listen, at least you still have your eight. Exactly, and that was the main thing. That's what that's all was our saving grace. Like, was our saving grace. Do not, under any circumstances, ever transfer money into a stranger's bank account for any reason in the whole wide earthly world. Isn't that the more? That's the warning, isn't it? Yeah, that's the warning, and that's just the point that we just want to get across to everybody. Okay, listen, if there's anybody listening that might have a property that could suit you, I hope they get in touch, and I'll pass on the information if they do, all Thanks right? Thanks very much, Neil. Thanks very much, Neil. Okay, have a good weekend, Dennis. In regards to you and Leanne, they were once bitten, twice shy, lads. Be very careful about that. Carry on. Ta- like, text 0868104106, particularly if you have a property. Sounds like a lovely guy. Thankfully, 
they still have the deposit and they're ready to move in. Back after the break. Text the Neil Prenderville Show now. 086-810-4106. Red FM. Yeah, well, I'll come back to you in a couple of seconds phone-wise. Thank you. It's just, I'm just curious to stay, want to stay with us for a little while because sharing bank account numbers, of course, with strangers is a no-no. Transferring monies to other people's on a, on a, you may well be desperate to get what you're looking for, but, you know, it's it's a scam, you know, particularly if you haven't seen the property you've had to walk around it and it's not from a reputable letting agent. But sharing other things online also, nightmare. Um, and I won't give out the personal details because uh, she's asked me not. She said, I've recently been a victim of revenge porn and I feel a law needs to be in place for victims to get justice. Here's the backstory to this. Uh, it, started, it started at the beginning of the year where my ex, like obviously she had been sending, you know, revealing photographs to her, her boyfriend. People people do that, apparently. It started at the start of the year. My ex, st- ex shared private, intimate photos of me to a sex chat site without my consent. I messaged him multiple times to remove them, but I always got the same response. It had been about two weeks, so I presumed that it had passed. But a few weeks later, I got a message off a man asking me for more intimate images, or he would share them, the ones that he had everywhere. He continued to blackmail me and sent me photos of his genitals. After that incident, I rang my ex and told him uh, they were taken. I rang my ex and he told me that the photographs had been taken down and that it was over. But he never told me that he would share the photos with a girl he was chatting to on a sex chat. And he had shared every photo I'd sent him. And I sent him those photographs in confidence. He said he sent her screenshots of my personal Facebook profile where she then took my identity and was using my name and all my personal details on these sex chat sites, pretending to be me. It's been going on since the start of the year and I've been blackmailed, harassed. My family and friends have received my photos from strangers. I've been threatened, put on a porn site and also into a thing called kick chat. Uh, It ended up on a porn site because a man said that if I didn't send him photos, he would make it ten times worse for me. He then sent me screenshots of the porn site that my photographs were on and said it was my own fault, even though I refused to entertain any of these people. When I had enough and went to the guards at the end of February, they told me that it would be resolved soon, but it's still ongoing. My mental health has been under severe stress and I can barely go outside without feeling now like everyone has seen them and that they're all staring at me. I also feel that because my personal profile has been shared to these random people without my knowledge or consent, that I'm possibly danger as they now have an idea where I live and attend work and college. This needs to be made punishable by law as it doesn't just happen to girls. There's a chance for anyone to fall victim and it doesn't care what gender or background you have. Once it goes online, it never truly comes back off. I just want to make people aware of it and to not be afraid to come forward. They aren't alone and there will be justice sooner rather than later. Well, obviously the guards are doing whatever they can. I'm not 100% sure where the law is on revenge porn in this country. But it just goes to show that, you know, you need to be very, very careful because you may feel that the person you're with, you're going to be with for the rest of your life. And you may share photographs with them. But if that relationship breaks down and you move on with your life and he or she moves on with their life, then those photographs are still there. And it's all very well for your ex to say that he's taken them down. You know, that's only in the avenues that he put them up on. When they're up, they're up, particularly if they're shared. And I have to say, I don't really think that those photographs will ever be fully deleted once they go online. That's for eternity. Um, I think maybe a prosecutable offence against your ex-boyfriend for starting it in the first place 
would be as much as you could hope for. But anyway, it's just another issue with regards to, you know, things that you share online or with people. Beware of what you're doing, you know. Maybe take some time out before you decide to click a button. And then there's many then on pubs and what have you, particularly publicans who have small establishments. And I'll come back to those throughout the course of the morning. But I have a buddy who was away, actually, Fred. He was away off in South Africa and got trapped there uh, when he went on three weeks' holidays. It turned into a lot longer than three weeks. Fred, good morning. Morning, Neil. How are you doing? Welcome home eventually. Um, okay. you're, a, you're a few weeks back from South Africa. Wait, you left yeah. in February, was it? Yeah, we landed in uh, about on the 18th of February. And it's an area you know well, because you go there many times, don't you? Oh, yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I, know, it. I know it as good as I know Cork City, really. Okay, okay. And you were due back in April, but you caught it, got caught there when... Yeah, we were due back, on the, back in Cork on the 15th of April. And um, we got caught there, yeah. The, their lockdown, I think, started on the 26th of March. Okay, okay. I couldn't know, I'm not sure, I wouldn't, you know, but... There and there, March. middle of March, yeah. And yeah. did you did you manage to extend your accommodation and everything? Oh, well, I was fine out when Neil, um, my uh, partner's uh, daughter is married to a white South African, and um, we were staying with him. <coughs> did you enjoy so, the lengthy holiday, all those months? I enjoyed the sun, but you know, you would have a longing to come home. I know. At the same time. I know. And what is going? A home is home, I know. And what oh. was lockdown like there? Oh, lockdown was a lot worse out there than here in Ireland. Um, I suppose their main lockdown was um, they shut down the off licenses straight away and uh, also didn't allow cigarettes to be bought in the supermarkets. So I suppose that was a big thing out there, the drink. The drink is one thing, but why ban cigarettes? I I couldn't tell you that, Neil. I would tell you, I, I don't know. Tell you the truth, I suppose there's a health issue. Yeah, but you would think that it would drive people berserk. Well, I suppose then the, you could get cigarettes on the black market, really. But, yeah. Uh, yeah. I don't smoke, so it didn't make any odds to me. Yeah, okay. So they closed all of the off licenses at the they end did. of March. They banned cigarette sales. Um, yeah. And one I actually... Person, yeah, go on. One person was allowed to go to the supermarket. And um, you couldn't go outside the door, really. You were just locked up. And uh, it was a lot worse in here, like. For but how long were you were you in the, under those circumstances locked up? I was trapped there from. Um, I was there until the 13th of June, <sighs> when we got um, a repatriation flight to Amsterdam, and that was uh, I call that a flight to hell, really. But uh, if we didn't take it, we'd be still there until September. And what was wrong with that flight? First of all, we had a two-day drive to, from where we were staying in Bushman's River, uh, Kenton on Sea. You don't know that place, do you? No, not off the top of my head. I was there in January, but you I was there in yeah, January. Yeah, yeah. yeah I, I see that on your Instagram. Yeah, yeah. Um, so a two-day drive to catch the flight. Yeah, the first day. Yeah, and we had to have passes for the border, for the border. So the Dutch embassy provided all that. Uh, I, I suppose you could, you'd have, I'd have to say we gave our information to the Irish Embassy in Johannesburg and then they let us know there's a flight going here and a flight going there so we got 
tickets on the for the flight with KLM to Amsterdam on June the thirteenth. So we we left on um, we left on the eleventh Thursday the eleventh. And you got home. We got home Sunday the fourteenth into okay. Dublin. Okay, exhausted but, and wrecked. Yeah. Well, I suppose I was. I wasn't too bad, really. My daughter drove her car to Dublin with her two kids and my son-in-law drove my car because we had to go into isolation and we had to stay away from them. For a fortnight, so, yeah. For yeah. a fortnight, yes, which is a, a laugh also. And um, I drove back to Cork then. Okay. We got when, you, when you were there, right, say from the middle of March, when did they start lifting restrictions? They lifted, the uh, restrictions were lifted a bit, but I suppose they started lifting them about the week before we came back. Uh, I suppose they lifted them, they were being lifted around the 8th of June. Okay, okay. And um, now, uh, they, uh, they brought the drink back then around the 8th of June, yeah, that's right. Uh, they opened the uh, off licenses then again, and sure, there was a queue a mile long, I never, you know. And uh, last Sunday, thereafter, uh, uh, stopping the, thereafter closing the off licenses again. Why? Oh, I suppose like what you were on about there every morning up around that's outside of the city, in order that I don't want to be getting into trouble with anyone. But all uh, parties and everything. Yeah. yeah, so they they close the off licenses again. Just as a as a by the way, I got a text here from a woman who says my mother in law is South African, and I just asked her, and she said the reason they stopped selling cigarettes in South Africa because the was because poorer South Africans have a habit of sharing their smokes, uh, and they were trying to protect against the transmission of infection. That's why they yeah, well, stopped the, selling the cigarettes. Infections are right in their locations. There's no doubt about that. And it was was South Africa hit bad, particularly the townships, for instance? Well. Where we were now, the, the nearest case was um, 20 kilometres away. And the townships around seemed to be OK because they were being tested every day. And and it only took 24 hours. If they tested you today, you'd have it back tomorrow. OK. Um, and, uh, yeah. and they were very heavy-handed, the South African police, for people who broke lockdown, weren't they? They were, yep. They were, yep. And um, saw them beating yeah. some people with sticks, dragging them out of cars and everything. Oh, I, I, yeah, I wouldn't like to live there, really. Um, you, I, as you know, um, you got on fine there, but uh, you got into you, you were in Johannesburg. I wouldn't go there if, if you gave me all the money in the world. Yeah, I was in the townships there, but I had a guide going around there. But I found the yeah, people, I, I thought they were lovely people, every single one of them, the conditions oh, they were living in. Even I couldn't say, you know, I. They were lovely, lovely people. I understand, why, I understand why they've got a huge problem with theft and burglary and robbery because they have absolutely yeah. nothing. I'm not saying they should do it, but I can understand when you have nothing and you see others with stuff yeah. you know, and you can sell the gear that they have, you're going to rob them, you know? Yep. You know, I mean, um, yeah, I have a couple of photographs, but uh, one in particular photograph because uh, uh, my partner's son-in-law, who was born in Rio, where he lives, and uh, he's he has about 10... Uh, colored South Africans uh, working for him. He's under construction, mm. and and I never see such good workers in all my life. And do you think that we should shut down the off licenses? Oh, we should have shut down from day one. 
we should have shut down. I say it is too late now, Neil. You know, we should have shut down from day one. Pubs but and off licenses. Cigarettes, like what? You know, Whatever about the cigarettes, like you could sell the cigarettes, but I say I think any from day one the off licenses should be shut down. That's prohibition. Then you realise that banning the sale of alcohol completely. Drive it underground, people start making their own, getting it on the black market, driving across the border. I got offered actually, um, and I I couldn't care now, they don't don't appeal to me anymore. I I take it, I don't like wine. Wine was a big thing over in South Africa, as you know. Um, But um, I I had a a glass of, um, I don't know, what you call it, home brew, it was like. like vodka and just was beautiful. Yeah, you but know? in the wrong hands, high alcohol content like that could blind you, yep. give you brain damage and stuff. Oh yeah. But, uh, apparently, they, know, apparently yeah. they took the views that uh, with regards to off licenses and things like that was to keep hospitals free for COVID cases because a huge percentage of hospital admissions in South Africa are alcohol related and that's why they shut down the off licenses yeah. and things like that. It's pretty bad there now at the moment uh, where we were. Uh, I had to go to the local doctor there because I'm on uh, a blood thinner tablet. I got a, a fright there about two years ago and um, and I had to renew my prescription because I, I was after running out of tablets. As you would, yeah. Doctor, yeah. The lady doctor told me that we she didn't expect a, a peak in uh, South Africa until the middle of September. September coming. Yep. Oh, well, we'll have to see what happens there. Anyway, welcome home. Thanks very much, and I hope you enjoyed your trip. Certainly did. Loved it. Highly recommend it. Obviously, you have to be careful in particular areas. You have to be. Cape Town. Loved it, but I think you need to be careful in Cape Town as well, as is in oh, Johannesburg. You, do, yeah. you, do, yeah. you want to have yeah. eyes in the back of your head, but it's very beautiful, wonderful people, yeah. great food, yeah. super scenery. Loved it. Lovely country. Yeah. Mind yourself, Fred. Thanks for taking Thanks. the call. Thanks. Cheers. Thanks, Just for Bye. the record, uh, deaths in South Africa, 4,669. Uh, with 324,000 confirmed cases. So a huge amount of confirmed fa- cases, but um, um, not too bad really on the global scale with regards to deaths. Bear in mind when I say not too bad, every death is a sad story. Lines open at 1-850-104-106. You can text 0868-104-106. Pubs and off-licenses. We have a family-run pub in Glanworth in North, North Call, Cork called O'Donnell's Bar. We've been operating our family pub for 42 years. We were devastated with the announcement that the remaining pubs will stay closed until the 10th of August. Because we've introduced a number of safety measures to our bar, including various sanitizers around the bar, reduced seating capacity to deal with the two-meter rule. Over the past couple of days, stock has arrived in the form of kegs and bottles, which will now all have to be returned. We've done our bit as we were closed now for exactly four months. Why are pubs getting the brunt of the public anger. Well, that's always going to be the way. Even yesterday, talking to publicans and talking about pubs, uh, I was getting quite an amount of texts and calls and what have you from people and emails too saying, will you ever stop going on with the poor mouth and the publicans? Um, They're absolutely rolling in it. And now they've got a voice that they don't deserve. Just put up and stay closed, Um, you know. So there's always a pushback against publicans. That's always the way. Sarah, good morning. Hi. Okay, we're back again to students. And you know that there's a court case this morning, a decision being made uh, by uh, Judge Olin Kelleher regarding a landlord who owns two student properties uh, who the judge has found responsible 
for noisy parties on his properties. The judge yep. has, has believed the residents of Connacht Avenue and Highfield Avenue. Anyway, go ahead yourself. And that's good enough, like, because there was someone on there earlier saying that the residents are liars. <laughs> I'm living, I'm living near enough to a student house there and, like, this is five nights out of the seven, they start their parties at 11 o'clock at night and it's going on till six o'clock in the morning, like, pumping techno music. There's about 50 of them in the house. 50. Oh, easily, like, and then they're hanging out windows, they're smashing bottles, they're knocking bins. Like, they just don't care. And I phoned the guards on numerous occasions and it would stop then for 10, 50 minutes and then it would start back up again. So you must have had these 50 just traipse into the house, like, they obviously don't live oh, there. Oh, they're all coming and going and coming and going and then they'd be fighting and, like, they just don't care. They don't care. Like, you're awake all night. It's not like, it's not like it's just music. This is pumping, like, full bat, full blast. And have you ever called round to the marathon? No, like, because I did one time and that just didn't help, like, they don't care. They were like, it's a Friday night, we're having a party. No, yeah. you said it's five out of the seven nights a week. Oh, yeah, yeah, it is. And the fighting, do they fight amongst themselves then? Do you know, this one night, now it was like, there was loads of others came to fight with them kind of a thing, like, yeah. Yeah. You can't tell whether they're there just renting on the COVID payments or whether they're students who are in the house anyway. You don't know? Um, these are just new kind of students now. Like, this is going on about seven or eight weeks. Like, ah, I yeah, okay. yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I wouldn't have heard this before. Like, I know this all the time. It's on where I live. Like, but these one, these people weren't there before. Like, because so this I'm is living. All yeah, through, yeah they've, ar- they've arrived then during the summer for COVID parties. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And, yeah. and when, when the guards come, do they come? They do come, yeah. And then it stops for about 10, 15 minutes and starts up again. Yeah. So like, the guards, the guards don't ask them to, you know, we've seen videos of guardies standing at front doors and getting everybody to leave the property. Does that ever happen? No, that didn't happen, like, because it was only last week again, like, and, like, that'll stop for 10 or 15 minutes. Like, last night, now again, it was going all night long. Yeah. So Darren would say that residents are exaggerating how bad it is. You're, not, like, you're I don't not exa- know, Darren, no, I'm not exaggerating at all. Like I'll actually, I can actually record it, like, and send you the recording. Oh, feel free, absolutely. <laughs> oh, I, I mean, t- tonight's I Friday night, so there's pro- bound to oh, be. Oh yeah, and Darren can come back on Monday then have a conversation with me, okay. like because I, I'll, I'll or- I won't be here. Mick Mulcahy will be here, but I'll organise that if you get the audio and send oh, it to I us. Yeah, and, I'll get audio. And are yeah. they traipsing in them with bags of drink? Oh, like, yeah, and I'd say those other things, like, because they, they, like, the music is just, like, it's just pumping, you know, and they're turning it up and louder, 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 like, there's no... There's tablets involved then, obviously. Oh, definitely, and they're hanging out windows and they're throwing bottles out windows and then they're knocking bins, they're knocking bottles, they're trying to pull people's tyres off their cars and everything, they're they're not normal, like, yeah. Oh, damaging people's property as well? Oh, I've seen it, yeah. I actually have a recording of them trying to pull a wheel off a car there as well, I can send you that as well, yeah. Oh, please do. Send on oh, whatever you have. Just to, yeah. yeah, I actually caught him doing it. Yeah. The, um, the landlord who's been in court, yeah, he was in court last week and he was given seven days to take steps to resolve the problem. I'm reading Lana O'Connor's copy from the Red FM newsroom. Because residents living on Connacht Avenue and Highfield Avenue complained to the judge that they were heading into their seventh weekend without sleep. And the judge heard all of this and uh, he sided with the residents and against the landlord. He listened to everything for two hours. So the, the landlord apparently told the court that the houses would normally be vacant at this time, but there was big demand during the COVID-19 lockdown because students couldn't get into America. 
Mm. See what he's that's what he's saying. So yeah. instead of going on J ones, they're going up near you to party for the summer. And causing havoc. Yeah. Yeah. Constantly, like it doesn't stop. All right, well, get that audio together. Unfortunately, yeah, you, probably have, to, you probably have to put up with it tonight, so record it, will you? Oh, I, I record it, yeah, and I record it every night till Monday, like, because it will go on for the whole weekend. I'll put you yeah. back on hold with Brenda, and you can, you can liaise there. Don't hang up. Thanks, Sarah, and we'll uh, get an opportunity to talk to other lads, Will, on Monday's programme. Bit of good news. Um, thank you to Alice, who got in touch with us from Murray Properties. They've just emailed Dennis, who was on the air with me, who nearly got scammed out of €1,800 Euro by um, a fraudster, by a crook. And she has just got in touch now with Dennis to offer him the property in St. Luke's. Um, um, and that's great news. Delighted. So maybe, Dennis, when that's sorted, you can come back on. I don't know whether you'll get to come back on this morning. You might not have got an opportunity to, but if you can, well and good before midday. But come back to us on Monday. Uh, so that's great news. And thank you to Alice at Murray Properties. She says, as letting agents go... We're one of the good ones. And so say all of us. Thanks, Alice. The Neil Prenderville Show. With Tesco. Save time. Shop online. Simply log on to tesco.ie. COVID-19 has had an enormous impact on Ireland. But thanks to the commitment, sacrifice and solidarity of the Irish people, we have limited the impact of the disease on our country. Saved lives. Thank you. But the virus is still with us. There has been an increase in cases in Ireland. We are in a good position as regards the progress we have made with the disease. We want to hold on to that. So we are taking a cautious approach and pausing phase four until August 10th to allow us to continue to monitor the changes we have seen in the last two to three weeks. These are the five main things you should now know. One, phase four of the reopening roadmap is being paused until August 10th. Pubs, bars and casinos will therefore remain closed. Pubs and bars operating as restaurants that opened during Phase 3 must be fully compliant with the regulations. 2. Please limit your social contacts. You are advised to limit the number of visitors to your home to a maximum of 10, from no more than four other households. 3. Organised gatherings must not exceed 50 people indoors or 200 outdoors. 4. Use face coverings on public transport and in indoor retail spaces. And 5. We are being asked to avoid all non-essential international travel. We must continue to work together to protect the most vulnerable, enable schools to reopen, and continue the careful resumption of healthcare services. The basics remain the same. Hand hygiene and social distancing, coughing and sneezing etiquette. We are still in this together. Find out all details and all public health advice at gov.ie. Supported by the Government of Ireland. Sick of ringing around for car or home insurance? Let Blue Insurance take all that hassle away. They'll compare up to 12 providers to get you the best price available. What's more, Blue Insurance have a friendly local customer support team on hand to deal with your quote quickly. So, next time you want to compare car or home insurance, call Blue Insurance, an award-winning insurance provider on 0818 484 484. They'll compare so you don't have to. Remember, don't renew unless it's Blue. Blue Insurance Limited is regulated by the Central Bank of Ireland. I've lost my bank card. And I've just been paid. I bet someone is throwing my cash around all over town. Eating in fancy restaurants with those little breadsticks. Renting exotic sports cars. Lose your card? Freeze your card in seconds. No drama. Get it done in your AIB app. Oh, it's in my pocket. And unfreeze it in seconds too. AIB, we back doing. Allied Irish Banks, PLC is regulated by the Central Bank of Ireland. 
The Neil Prenderville Show on Twitter at NeilRedFM. I'm very angry, very upset that the pubs cannot reopen on Monday. Don't get me wrong, I understand the reason for it, but I'm angry at the pubs that have opened and are serving drinks more than food and they've ruined it for the local pubs that have stayed closed. I've spoken to two people that were in a bar on the south side. One said they went in at four in the afternoon, ordered one pizza, and were allowed to stay until closing time. And they were there, up and down to the bar, all day and all evening, no table service. Another was told by a staff member in the same bar, you can stay as long as you want, and if anyone asks, just say you're only just after coming in the door. There are many other pubs open that do not serve food. That bar is well known to be a drinking pub, which I have nothing against, but how can they say they are serving food? I love my local pub, don't get me wrong, and going in for a chat and a few pints a few times a week. And everyone I spoke to locally were well aware that there would be restrictions when we got back into our local, but we were happy with the restrictions that were going to come in. Don't give up my details, but I really feel <coughs> I had to email you this morning as I'm upset with those who have ruined it for the rest of us that have done as much as we could, as best we could, to try and get back to some bit of normality. No doubt you'll have a busy morning in response to the announcements, and rightly too. Um, P.S. Working from home since March, loving the show each morning, you keep me somewhat sane. Thank you for that. I understand what you're saying about some of them that are, you know, flouting it. But I think the main reason um, that was given by Michal Martin and you know, the many people in government was house parties. So that's why the whole thing is so great to me. If house parties are the problem, um, you know, if you opened all of the pubs, then people wouldn't be having as many house parties. And then when there were more pubs open, people wouldn't be congregating in bigger numbers to the restricted amounts of pubs that were only open. Does that make sense? I mean, last night, the gang here, the whole team, we went out and we had dinner in Clancy's. And I have to say, Princess Street is just fantastic. I would love it. It's the first time that I actually saw it full, the street. All of the different restaurants have their own little allocated areas. But everybody kind of... You know, amalgamated into one big street of tables and chairs, and people said, "I thought I was in Spain. I thought I was in Rome." Do you know what I mean? It looked fantastic. Wouldn't it be great if many, many streets in the city were doing this? Because it really and truly has worked. But we ended up upstairs in the roof garden in Clancy's, which is superb, absolutely brilliant. And the different floors in there had restricted amounts of people in there. There were sanitizers everywhere. There was staff bringing you to your table. You got your menus and everything which were disposable. Uh, you got your food and your drinks. Everything was just brilliantly done and lots of separation between us and other tables. And the sun was shining and we were in the, we were actually on the roof of the city. It was absolutely super. And looking over to electric, many, many people there and outside and everything. It was a beautiful evening and the sun was shining. It was absolutely super. Um, and then, Last week, I managed to get out to the Anglers. I mean, think about the Anglers' rest where you can sit out on the lee. I mean, obviously, you can have lunch indoors, but you can also eat outdoors. It's, the amount of money that was pumped into the Anglers is just awesome. I tried to get in there a few times before before lockdown, but it was so popular that it's just no go. But they're taking bookings now, and they're doing the business. Super menu, great, great staff. Wonderful, wonderful location. Well worth the punt out there to the anglers. We had lunch there. And I want to say thank you to Chris and all of the staff who were so kind to us. And they have more big plans for the anglers as well. In spite of the pandemic, some companies are just driving on with it and they're one of them, which is great. Just back from Spain yesterday, Neil, and yes, I will be doing my 14 days at home. My neighbors in Spain uh, were telling me about their lockdown. The police in Spain do their job and they take no messing. I can't understand why police in Ireland can't end all of these parties. Can't go on air. Um, 
people will tut tut me for going to Spain, I suppose. Just for information, Ryanair flight going to Alicante from Cork was 90% full. So there are many Corkonians, in spite of the guidelines or the recommendations or advice, who are legging it on planes to sunshine destinations. Get it off your chest. Call Neil Prenderville now. 1850-104-106. Red FM. All right, property, property, property. Brenda was showing me uh, an advert then for um, a property that was asking for €325 per month to take the top single bunk bed in a twin ensuite bedroom to share with another woman. And this clearly was preference to have two females, one on the upper bunk and one on the lower bunk, €325 per month for a bunk bed. I mean, it seems insane to me, the amount of uh, uh, rooms that they have, very limited amount of rooms, so they put bunk beds into them to to double up in very, very tiny areas and what have you. I would have thought that there'd be more property available going into the autumn now, particularly with a lot more people working from home or businesses not reopening, but it doesn't seem to be the case. But with regards to Dennis, at least his coming on the air seems to have perhaps sorted him out. And uh, I'll come back to issues like that, but you know, talk about people coming on the air. I read out that very, very disturbing email before 11 o'clock regarding, regarding um, revenge porn. And it's not a crime in Ireland. It's not a criminal offence yet. But we do hear of stories of them. I get to my phone lines here. Megan, good morning. Hi, how are you? There's actually a petition started now, isn't there? Yes, there is a petition. Um, I created it. Um, it's got nearly a thousand signatures now. I think it's in the last basically two days. So it's getting quite a bit of traction at the minute. And are you a victim, Megan? Yes, I am. I had my um, photos and videos shared online probably four to five years ago, um, which resulted in a ton of bullying. I had 400 messages on Facebook telling me to kill myself. It was really, really bad. And then my photos were shared online um, again with a host of other girls, about 50 to 100 of us all together posting on a website. And we went to the guards and we were told basically there was nothing I could do about it. I brought a lot of the girls in. So I do have experience with this, which is why I'm trying to push for this law to be passed to protect the other girls. How, and did all this come to an end for you eventually, or are those photographs still online? Um, I think they're still online, but it, it has, people kind of, it blows over. People move on to the next thing pretty fast, to be honest. So everything, it's always a scandal, and then it's on to the next girl. And how did it make you feel? Oh, it was really bad. I had a serious suicide attempt after that. Um, And I actually went off social media for a few years and I really had to focus on myself and realise that this really wasn't my fault. You know, I didn't expect to be bullied that badly and I didn't think it would come to that. Um, So it was a lot of self-work and self-reflection, but I think I've gotten to a place now where I'm comfortable and I can use my experience now to try and help other people, which is... Hundreds of other people, you say. Hundreds, perhaps worldwide, you're talking about many, many thousands. Um, And, you know, with with regards to the intimate photographs, they're willingly shared initially, are they? they, they Well, now, I can tell you that there was a study done in the UK that only 50% of the photos shared are sent with consent and then another 29% of those are shared with under coercion or they felt pressured into it. Yeah. Men will threaten girls, if the, you don't send this, I'm going to do this. Um, and then threaten to release them. So it's a method of abuse, really. 
And is it is it true that I'm hearing of many young girls now, and, and maybe young boys, you tell me, who, who feel that they, this is something that they must now do in, in, in relationships? Yeah, and I think the sexual education around that really isn't there at the minute. I think that we need to be informing them of, okay, this can happen if you do send them. But at the end of the day, people send these out, they don't ever really think about the repercussions, I think. So I think putting all the blame back on the victim, it needs to be a crime so we can um, try and deter people from sending them out in a malicious way because it can really affect the girl's mental health. Does it happen sometimes? I mean, reading an email before 11 of a girl who shared photographs with a boyfriend who then became an ex-boyfriend who then shared them with other people, do you know? Yeah, but you see, the thing is, consent isn't transferable. She consented to send... Oh, I 100% agree with you. I 100% agree with you. I'm, I'm just trying to get some background as to how this can happen. Yeah, well, presumably, if they, I'll take her case, for example. She's actually shared her case with me. She sent them to her boyfriend consensually. They were clearly in a relationship. Yeah. She trusted him. Yeah. And I understand that. I think everyone has made a mistake in their life. And I think when you're with somebody, you do think you can trust them especially being a young girl. And I think that these days as well, it's so normalised. Everything is on, online now, everything. So it's a very normalised thing to send your photos. And I think you don't really think that they'll ever get out. And then when they do, it's horrific. But the issue really is, there's nothing that can be done there. And it's done with a malicious intent to hurt the girls. And it's used to abuse them, really, is and the when, issue. And when they're up there, you can't wind that back. Like, you can't erase that from an online world. You see, the thing is, if we can get the laws passed, the guards would be able to contact the people and get it taken down. Because right now, you have to take them down for copyright. Whereas, if it's a law, it's way easier to get them taken down. It is possible to get them taken down. And... If it's a law to share them, it won't be shared as much at all. Okay, talk to me. Talk, she she can't talk to me until uh, apparently she has a court case, so there is an invest, guard yeah. investigation. You're, you're aware that you know of her story, but how come she was getting messages then from people looking for more pictures? And and she says that one particular individual was blackmailing her and also sending her nasty photographs. You're, you're aware of her story? Yeah, I am aware of her story. Yeah, honestly, that's not uncommon because. Men will see the opportunity. Okay, this girl is vulnerable. She has shared these pictures. I'm going to try to get more out of her to please myself. And that's a huge issue. And that's actually a lot of what uh, revenge porn entails. It's not always a consensual sending out the photos. It's it's not uncommon for that to happen. And in her case then, her family and friends of hers were... How can that happen? How can they receive the photographs from strangers? Well, I can tell you personally in my experience, they were sent to my family um, because they get posted online. Somebody sees them and then maliciously sends them to your family. Can they see your contacts on your Facebook page and then send them to them, is it? Yeah, or people will see that know your parents and then they'll contact them. And then it's just, you don't, I don't think anyone really wants their family seeing them in that kind of a vulnerable way. And it can put the girls at risk as well because not everybody has an understanding family. Correct, and that's why your mental health was in tatters at one stage. Oh, very bad. I had a severe suicide attempt um, because of all of it. I logged into my Facebook and had hundreds of people messaging me abuse. And it's, it, just, it needs to be stopped. Every other country has revenge porn laws. And this country, they can just walk free after doing that to a girl. And 
when you talk of the case of, do you know the case of Derek Quigley? I actually do know of the case. This was the unfortunate girl who was videoed. Tell us about it. Okay, so Dara in 2017 was detained under the Mental Health Act. And she was seen on CCTV and she was naked and detained. And um, they had the guards got the CCTV and then a guard recorded it off the monitor and sent them out on WhatsApp. And they were sent over 125,000 times and then she killed herself a few days later because of it. So it's a horrific cycle of abuse that's going on for the women in Ireland. I have had, I'd say, over 50 girls reach out to me in the last few days with their stories of it. Yeah, Dara was walking naked on a Dublin street. CCTV yeah. footage captured it. Um, uh, yeah. She was uh, she was arrested, wasn't she? Um, the the yeah, video she was detained, but the video then was uploaded to WhatsApp and subsequently to Facebook, um, and was viewed many hundreds of thousands of times. She took her yeah. own life a number of days later. And the guard has gotten away with it. It was a guard that actually sent out her pictures and videos of her in a compromised position. And the guard got off scot-free with it. So it's just a cycle that when people think they can get away with anything, there's no deterrent for them there. That was heartbreaking, wasn't it? God almighty, her family. really, really awful. She's, I honestly, I wanted to call, I think the new law should be called Dara's Law because she deserves it. I don't think what happened to her was really horrific. So and there's nothing on the Irish statute book, but there is in all other countries or many other countries. Yeah, most other countries. This has been trying to be passed since 2017 in Ireland and it just keeps lapsing. It's just not a priority for the Irish government and the longer it goes on, the more girls are at risk from being subject to it. Do you mind if I talk to Roisin? No, walk, walk away, talk to Roisin. Thanks, Megan, you're very good. Roisin, good morning. Roisin, can you hear me? Can you okay. hear me? Yeah, I can. I, I'll just fix it after the break. Hold on, girls. Just hold on a second. Call the Neil Prenderville Show now. 1850-104-106. Red FM. Okay, apologies for that. Roisin, good morning. Morning. Thanks for having me. Oh, I'm very happy to catch up with you, in spite of the very, very sad and horrific story you have to tell. You were you were quite a young girl, weren't you? Yeah, I was 17 at the time. Um should I go? Should I go through it? If you now? don't mind, I don't mean to pressurise you, but share whatever you wish to. No, it's as long as I'm helping anyone else come forward, I'm happy to share. So I was seventeen. I had went out um, on a night out with my friends, and I had I had been drinking, like everyone had been drinking. And on the way home, um, I uh, turned out like I didn't remember it, but my friends told me the next morning. Turned out that I had had sex in public. Um, we were both drunk. Both parties were drunk. Um, so that was bad in itself that two people were so drunk that they were having sex in public and no one stepped in to help or ask if we were okay or anything or like say that that, that shouldn't be happening because we were both too drunk. But um, the next day, I remember like it was yesterday, my friend said to me, do you remember what happened last night? And they told me, and they said that girls in my class had recorded it, which, you know, like a 17-year-old girl, oh. you don't record someone having sex anyway, but let alone when they're in such a state. So you'd have been um, leaving Sirta, I suppose, would you, maybe fifth or sixth year? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So it was girls, um, girls that we were out with on the night recorded you? I wasn't with them, but they were like there. They yeah. they saw it happening. So and instead of stepping in, 
making sure I was okay is what I would have done. They decided to get their phones out and record it and they sent it to everyone. And that, just like, you know how quickly things circulate on social media anyway, never mind something like that. And my phone was just going crazy with messages. And just that weekend was, like that that week following on from that was the worst week of my life. I stayed in my room the whole weekend. I couldn't even go downstairs because my parents had found out. So, you know, I couldn't look them in the eye. It completely destroyed my relationship with my parents. Like when someone does something like that, they don't, they obviously don't realise the consequences, like the repercussions that it will have on other person's life. Um, you know, like that week in school, like I remember, I remember, because that happened on Friday, I remember going in on the Monday and I would text my friends being, just saying how I really didn't want to go in, I couldn't manage it because I turned my phone off for the weekend because I was getting so many messages. And What were the messages? I remember, just asking me about it, people sending me the video, calling me a slut, calling me a whore, just really, like, where is the boy involved? He was called a legend, and people were taking photos with him and sending them to me, but I was slut-shamed. Um, no one, everyone was saying how disgusting it was that this happened and that I would have sex with someone in public, even though I was too drunk to remember it. Everyone was saying how how disgusting that was but no one actually stopped and said to themselves wait a minute why would someone want this on their phone why would someone record something like that anyway I'm always so, amazed yeah, the people who, who sent I'm amazed at the people who sent you the video were they, did they think they were doing you a favour or something yeah I'm, I'm I'm amazed too you know <laughs> I don't think I'll ever understand it and People actually put it on, like, put pictures of it on their Instagram story and tagged me. It's, it's sick. Um, and I don't know if they will ever learn. There's just such a backwards mindset around it. And, like, as Megan said earlier, it's due to the lack of education around consent and healthy relationships and everything to do with that. So you're the trash and he's the legend. That's, that's extraordinary, yeah. isn't it? I know, yeah. What was school like then? School was horrible. I walked into the classroom on Monday morning and it was like you would have to queue up at the door to sign for a study room. You had to like sign your name to say you were going to study um, when you had free classes. And um, I remember the queue, like I was in it and it just went silent. Everyone was staring. And when I got into the study hall, the girl beside me, or the girl behind me, sorry, burst out laughing. And I just... I wanted to turn around, but my friend beside me was like, just don't, just don't rise to it. And my friend spoke to that girl later in the day and the girl had said, I have no sympathy for her. She brought it on herself. Like, that's a quote that she said. And but the, the thing is, I was never looking for sympathy. I was just, I wanted people to have a bit of empathy and yeah. realise that what happened was wrong. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I know, um, I know, I know, I know. It's... And how did your parents react? You, you say that there were relationship problems for a while. Like when they when they saw the video, did they talk to you about it? My, no, um, the relationship was ruined for over a year, and um, like my my mom couldn't even talk to me. She couldn't look me in the eye. Like we just 
genuinely did not speak like in the house I I was completely independent like I had to cook for myself I had to go out and earn for myself like from 17 onwards had to you know do everything by myself get places by myself like the house the environment was horrible I would anytime I could go to my friend's house I would go because there was no talking in the house like my parents just disowned me like they they stopped talking to me they were just so like they were ashamed and um, that again just shows how deeply ingrained into society slut shaming is like from the Magdalene laundries like to now like it's still so prevalent Um, like so I went off to university and you know everyone around me they had support they were like saying how much they missed home you know, they had uh, emotional and financial support ever from their parents, but I, I didn't, I had none of that. I was just so glad to get away to university because I could escape all of that. Like, my, I was walking down the street one day and my parents were there and um, someone, a group of boys walked past calling me a slut in front of my parents, like, so. How long ago was that? That was three years ago now. I'm 20 now and... Honestly, like the whole that whole experience has just made me so much stronger. It honestly, like was the worst period of my life. I got so depressed, and I just wanted to end it all. I know. Um, I know. It's just like, like people need to imagine themselves or their daughter. Their their that happening to their child because everyone goes out drinking at the end of the day, and. Yeah, and listen, there's no blame. There's no blame here. It was unfortunate yeah. what happened. You know, people drink too much. You did, he did. You had sex. Yeah. You know, it's um, like it happened. Nobody died. Yeah. You know, you probably were yeah. under any other circumstances. You might have been mortified and you'd have learned from it and said, well, need to mind myself in future. But, you know, that's not there's no blame here. Did the, did the school investigate? Did anybody look into who took the video, who shared it, anything like that? There um the school, everyone knew about it. Like the teachers had heard about it. So my head of year, she called me into her office just to check in and see if I was okay. Um, and I went in and I went in with my friend because I couldn't face going in alone. I, that period was just horrible. And um, I tried to keep a brave face on, but I, she made me a cup of tea and everything. And I just broke down crying in her office. And like that, that's not me. Like I don't cry in front of people. Um, and I told her who the girls were. Like, everyone knew anyway. And I was saying, you know, is there not anything? Is there nothing school can do? Like these are your students, and they have made my life horrible, including my school life. But nothing ever was done about it. Um, you know, they said because it happened outside of school, there was nothing mm. that could be done. And the principal actually. The principal and me didn't have a good relationship um, from pretty much from around that because my attendance was so bad in school because I couldn't face going in. Totally understandable, that is totally understandable. Yeah, like my teachers and my principal thought my attendance was bad, I don't know, because I just couldn't be bothered going into school or something. But in reality, it's because I was so depressed and felt sick going in at the staring and the name calling and the reputation that had been given to me. Um, and uh, one of my group of friends in the year below was in, in the school foyer one day and the principal obviously do- didn't know that we were friends. But I walked past 
and he said to them, don't end up like her. Like a prin- uh, the principal of a Catholic school of young young people obviously except to school. Did like anybody that. not realise the torment that you were going through though? Like for an no. adult to say that, not realising, you know. No. What had happened no to one, you? No one apart from my friends, like my close friends, and were ever really there for me. Like, and it was only ever my close friends that I heard saying like. That, that were there for me, made sure I was okay, you know, let me stay at their house and said to other people, like, um, you you may disagree with what happened, but it was bad. It was awful of the girls to record it anyway. And um, since I since I came out with my story and um, on Twitter and spoke with and Joe Duffy, other girls from my school have, me- have messaged me and said, I'm so sorry, I knew sorry, what happened, yeah. but... Yeah. Yeah. Um, I'm so sorry that I didn't get involved more, didn't speak out more. So It can I be a savage world, can't it, where there's almost like a herd mentality sometimes, isn't there? And you... you yeah. It's like hyenas yeah. on a carcass. And did you manage to patch up your relationship with your parents? I did, yeah. Only recently, I'd say, in the last year. So that's how long it took. Um, yeah, in the last year or so, I think it was last Christmas. In the sense that, did they eventually realise, this is our daughter, she's been done, done a terrible wrong? To be honest, I only think they realised that after my interview, speaking out about it, because we had because they wouldn't speak to me after it. It was never, when we did start speaking again, it was never talked about. It was just so awkward, you know, I had like this, like, self shame ingrained into me from it because I thought well my own parents won't even talk to me everybody I know everybody whips out a phone now don't they feel free to jump in Megan it's like for any scenario in the world people just video and share yeah it's you know social media can be good but it can be awful it can be so negative like yeah and are you aware, just parking your own awful situation and, and, and case history, but you're aware that there's an awful lot of sexting going on now, isn't there? Young people do it all of the time, not realising, I mean, this isn't your story, obviously, um, mm-hmm. but, but like, do they realise the consequences of sending people photographs that who might once be a friend or a, a partner or a boyfriend um, and that they can be shared with everybody? Yeah, well, I mean... Most of the time, it, it's in a relationship or like to a significant other, and it's consensual. Consensual like half of the time, but then there is that sinister aspect to it that things can last forever on the internet. And um, but suppose when you're with your significant other, you trust that person, you've given them your consent, and um, the fact that people can turn that round and blackmail people with their yeah. It all ties into the whole lack of consent, awareness and education in schools, which needs to be there from early school years. Do you you still um, live with an an amount of anxiety and worry that this will never go away or has the video gone now or what? No, I've accepted that it'll probably not. It's probably around there somewhere. um, But I don't really live with anxiety over it because I know it wasn't my fault and I know that um, any decent person will see that it was wrong for a 17-year-old underage drunk girl to be recorded without her consent. Um, 
so yeah, it, it's made me a lot stronger and it's made me, I always did have a positive outlook to sex and healthy relationships anyway, but it's made me just want to spread the awareness and the education around it to other younger girls because, you know, young younger girls and boys need it. Like, I would have needed someone, I, won't, I, I know it's like <laughs> such a cliche quote, but like to be the person that you needed when you were younger because I would have wanted someone that has the views that I have now to come and tell me like it's okay it wasn't your fault like you know what I mean do you think that some young people have not been able to carry that weight and have taken their own lives yeah I mean there's the whole the tragic case of Dara um, on the streets of Dublin and plenty of other cases where people where it's got to the point that people have taken their own lives you know like I'm sure anyone who's been in that sort of situation have contemplated taking their own lives. So, but when you listen to your story and others like it, though, it it, it makes me believe that a lot of the dark ages that Ireland had, and the you know, we used to call it, we used to call it the 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 land of the squinting windows, you know, the twitching curtains. That a lot of that hasn't changed. It's still there when you peel back the layers. Yeah, it is. It is still there, and. you know, like you would think that we've became a bit more of a progressive country mm-hmm. in some aspects, but certainly not in that aspect. You know, when it comes to topics of sex, it's very much still centuries behind. Megan, are you you still there? Yeah, hi. Did you want to jump in on you? You clearly know each other and and know each other's stories. I mean, what an awful thing to happen to a young girl. Would you agree? Absolutely, yeah. It should have never happened, to be honest. But this all ties back to the slut shaming in this country. And to be honest, we have a history of slut shaming. When you think of the laundries, they were only closed in 1996, where women were locked up and beaten and treated horribly for being considered promiscuous. And then now to this, it's all linked. I think that we as a country need to do better and support our women, to be honest. And why is it that your man then isn't uh, shamed in the same way as, say, for instance, in the case of Roisin? He, she was, he wasn't. I think it very much ties back to religion and the history of the Catholic Church in this country where women were kind of seen to be there to support men and not be sexual creatures. We as women are told our whole lives growing up that sex is wrong. You're considered either a virgin or you're a slut. There's no in-between. There's no... There's no normality for women to be able to speak openly about sex. And I think we need proper education on this as well and ways to be progressive in speaking about women's sexuality because it's still a very much a taboo topic. And with regards to getting it on the statute books, is it not covered by the Non-Fatal Offences Against the Person Act, no? No, there's no laws currently for, um, for this specific crime. For it's sexual-based image abuse, it's called now. It's not really referred to as revenge porn, but that's what it is called because it's something everyone understands. But there's no specific laws to cover this. No, um, you'd have to just get them taken down through copyright. But if you could find the person, though, um, say, for instance, who shared the photograph or took the video and then... Could you not prosecute them under that non-fatal offences no. against, you know, he or she by acting of intention or recklessly, seriously interferes with the other's peace and privacy, causing alarm, distress, harm? That's a prosecutable offence. Well, I have brought, I have brought countless women into the guards. I have helped women who know who did it, 
and the guards say to them that there's nothing they can do except tell them to take them down and that's just a fact I don't understand why I think that it should be covered under that but the guards at the minute are not covering it under that because they won't support the women who do go to them with it I have personally brought women into the guards and seen the reaction and it's a very much a, well why did you do it there's no support for them there needs to be mental health support for the women as well when something like this comes out there needs to be access to therapy but we're way behind in that as well it's a whole different topic okay and undoubtedly i'll return to it again thank you so much megan roisin i'm so sorry what happened to you and i'm so sorry that you were let down by so many people that you would have thought would have been your own community and your own friends and indeed your own family it was an awful thing thanks for telling us the story do appreciate it thank you Take care, both of you. Lines open at one eight fifty one zero four one zero six. I will get details of the petition now, and I'll give it out if you want to get involved making revenge porn a criminal offence in Ireland. And you can sign up, and I'll give you the details as to how to do that after the break. The Neil Prendival Show on Cork's Red FM. Our phone lines remain open after midday. Eighteen fifty one zero four one zero six. Interesting one, actually. Um, Oh yes, that petition can be found on change.org and I'll give you further details of it and we've put the link actually up on our own social media pages. It's a change.org petition. You search for, you go into change.org and search for make revenge porn a criminal offence in Ireland. You know, I was talking about hotels and what you can do and whether you can drink or eat or whatever inside in hotels. It prompted an interesting email. I was staying in a hotel this week in the city and I witnessed some shocking scenes by the riverside. I was chilling out on the balcony. I heard some noises down below. A group of homeless people were hanging about by the riverside bridge, and they were drunk, and many of them, I imagine, were also on drugs. They were roaring, drinking cans. They could be heard from the other side of the city, I'd say. A guy that met these guys a few minutes later stumbled on the ground and fell. It was like dawn of the dead. They just seemed to be like zombies to me, walking around, and cursing away. At one stage, I nearly got the fright. This same guy was shouting that he was going to jump into the river and was dangling off the metal bars of the bridge. The other guys with him were talking him down and sat him down eventually. He was arguing with them. A few minutes later, a homeless woman was walking around and shouting a load of gibberish and words that made no sense. She had two bags with her and she threw them on the ground and kicked them away. I felt bad for the security guy on the door of the hotel as she was roaring at him as well. She was walking around in circles up and down and it was just such a scary sight to see. I thought that the amount of people off their heads going around the place was at insane levels. Um... Not long after, an ambulance rocked up across City Hall and they were attending to someone passed out on the ground, I believe. I just could not get over the scene. All of this in half an hour I spent out on the balcony. You'd be afraid of your life if you bumped into one of them on the street. It was just an observation from somebody outside of the city, staying in the city uh, the other night and witnessing all of this from their balcony window of a city centre hotel. So thank you for that. Many, many texts, a lot of them from publicans, a lot of them pub users like this one. Marianne says, my husband was in a particular pub two weeks ago. He booked a table for lunch and drinks with a few friends. He asked the owner how long they had left because uh, they were watching the clock with 105 minutes. He said, yeah, you can stay as long as you want. I think this is so unfair on other pubs, particularly rural ones, who are probably never going to open after all of this. Some owners are completely riding the system. Well, there are some sort of guidelines that are supposed to be imposed by pubs, but clearly they're not. Um, we stayed in a hotel in Killarney the last two nights. The same rules applied as pubs. We had 110 minutes with a meal for drinks. There was no bar open. We sat down at half past seven. We were asked to leave the table at 20 past nine. So they're getting it right in Killarney, if that you can be sure. 
And then there's many publicans who've been in touch um, who are talking about things like the pubs have been closed since the 15th of March. Off licenses have been open all along, which is ridiculous. The R rate is important, but the pubs are not responding or are not responsible for the rise. All the people saying they shouldn't be open are probably working and getting full wages. As a pub owner, I need to pay bills and support families, kids in college, and we have families to feed as well. That's just a selection of what are many, many, many different texts and emails. I won't have an opportunity to get much more of it done before midday, and then uh, Mick Mulcahy will be here on Monday. But I'll squeeze in as much as I can between now uh, and midday. Um, and I'll do some shout-outs as well. And also some of our wonderful family passes to various uh, Cork County tourist attractions. Mary, good morning. Good morning. How are you? I was amazed when Brenda was telling me, you know, the backstory. You were contacted by a particular individual. Why? I well, I don't know why she contacted me, but I know what she wanted from me. So she just she, found she, you as a randomer, is it? So it seems. She said in her her message to me um, via Facebook that she came across my profile and thought I was attractive. And uh, and I'm sure you are. But what is what, what did she what did she say after that? Um, she did. Brenda show you the screenshots I yes, sent her of yeah. the messages. All right, okay. So you know the gist of it. So, um, she so said, "I run an escort service worldwide, planning yeah. to retire this year. I have made millions. Would you be I've interested? Would you be interested mm. in work? That work? Yeah." And I said, "So straight away, my." interest just peaked, you know, and I was like, right, well, this is going to be very interesting. So I kind of pretty much played along. So I said, oh, no, I, I don't think so. I wouldn't be into that at all. And I said, um, but I said, what would I have to do? What do, you, what do you mean? And so she basically goes on to say that she would be offering me 2,000 euros a week to pleasure men. By the hour. By the hour, yeah. And she has uh, this business all over the world. You're a mm-hmm. girl in County Cork. And she uh, was saying that she'd have clients in your general locality, is it? Yeah, basically. Yep. Yep, absolutely. And every Friday, I would be paid €2,000. Where's the catch? Um, <laughs> well, I take it it's not very safe anyway. For no, I know that. But, like, <laughs> obviously, she's trying to get money out of you or something, is she? <laughs> Well, no, I mean, no. she never asked me for money. Um, she, this all happened on Wednesday, Tuesday or Wednesday evening, I think. Uh, well, night, it was, it was late in the night. And she basically was asking me to do my, to take my first client um, the following day at one o'clock in a village. I won't say where. A County Cork, Cork village mm-hmm. where you would meet this fella. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, um, do whatever, and then well, she. It, yeah, go on. Yeah. yeah. So it, it like at no stage did she mention. Um, well, she did eventually, but like originally, she mentioned just doing, um, just using my hand. All right, we like won't. That. We won't need to go or into the man. graphics of it. Right. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Right. Yeah, yeah. 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 And then it it kind of peaked from there. Then she went up and up. Then asking what other types of stuff I would do. And she said um, that she would be, she said basically she'd send me to this village in County Cork and she'd give me an easy one to start and that she would meet me there and hand me the cash. So how can she, how can she meet you if she runs an international 
escort <laughs> service with clients in Denmark, <laughs> New Zealand and Canada. What's she doing in Cork? I have no idea. No idea. And so I, as I said, I played along and what have you. And the end of the conversation was at about half past 12 that night. And she said, oh, you're glad to have you on board. And I said, I am not on board, you know. And I left at that. And the following morning at 20 past eight, she tried ringing me. And she said... Why did she get your number? She ran me through Messenger on Facebook. All right. Okay. Yeah, 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 yeah. You see, she sent me a friend request, Neil, and I accepted it because her name was familiar to me. I thought it was one of the girls I had gone to school with years ago. And so that's why I accepted it. And then I went into her profile, and she has up on her, her profile, Escort Service. That's what's written in her bio. It's the first thing you see when you look at her profile. She asked you if you had a car and everything. Just said, well, you're mobile. You can yeah, move around. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then, as I said, she tried to ring me the following morning. But she was going to meet you then after you met this character and give you... <clears throat> she wasn't going to give you two grand, though, was she? She was, no. She was going to give me a couple of hundred, I think, that day. Um, if you start... Oh, she says here, if you start tomorrow and get one tomorrow, I'll send you 400. Then you'll be getting your first wage on Friday. So today Friday, isn't it? So yeah, so technically I would have earned 2,000 by now. If I had gone ahead with it. Yeah, but there would have been a lot of clients, though, for that kind of money. Well, you see, she didn't She didn't specify. I did ask, I think. And I sure like that. I can't remember exactly. That's just somebody said. that's yeah, just... That's keyboard warrior who's bored with nothing better to do, yeah? I don't know, Neil. I really don't know. She... How do I put it? She seemed like she was who she said she was. Like, she does what she said she does. And do you think that some women would be interested in that, the kind of just random um, contact from somebody? Well, I mean... I think they might be enticed into it. Yeah, yeah, I think some some women may, you know, some women may find themselves in a very hard, difficult situation, um, have a family, have very little money, especially given what's going on. I know what you're saying, that's why I asked you the question, thing that somebody might actually do it. Well, this is it. I I mean, I firmly believe, yeah, that there there possibly could be women that would, um, would do it, would do it, you know. Um, and like, as I said to Brenda, when I sent her the screenshot, I said, my worry would be that it would be impressionable young women, you know, because this sounds all very easy. You know, the way she's... Well, it, it it's a lot so more easy. than just very easy, very dangerous. Oh, no, very dangerous. I know. But what I'm saying, like, is if somebody was young and impressionable, this sounds very easy. Like, I was going to, like, if I had done what she'd asked me to do, I would have 2,000 euro on my hand today at some stage. All you right. Know? Okay. But you didn't, and, I mean, and you were not going to, and absolutely <laughs> not, no, yeah. um, no, no, no. But I just thought, look, I just felt I needed to tell people and, because, and absolutely, yeah. and thank you for. It's a crazy world, and certainly it's, the online world is a crazy. Yeah. I, I mean, I have no idea who this girl is. I have no idea how she found me, and I certainly don't know why she propositioned me in the way she did. I, it was just, it was so, so strange. Okay, and if I were to ask one final question, do you do you think that it was? Do you think that was legitimate? I think it was. I do, and I mean, and I'm no fool, mean like you know, I've been around the block a while. Do you know what I mean? And I, I do think she was legit. Yeah, which is scary. And probably 
if it's legit, then that makes it Irish and kind mm. of reasonably local, you know? Well, you see, this is the thing, like, and I mean, you know, let's be, let's be very straight here. These things do happen. We, we, like, we know there is escort services and this sort of thing does go on. It, it, it just does, you know? And I mean, mm. it probably happens, like, not too far away from any of us. Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, yeah. I do genuinely think this girl was legit. And if I had gone and done what she'd asked me to do, I think I would have found out just how legit she was. I know what you're saying. That's your belief, and I appreciate you saying yeah, that. And the, yeah, but there yeah, could be yeah. vulnerable people out there, people who are desperate, Absolutely. who might just be encouraged to Absolutely. do it. Absolutely, because as I said, she made it sound so easy. It's 2K a week, but for reassurance, she'd pay 400 after the first client, and then every Friday, it would be 2,000 euro. And sure, like if it was it. very close to you and you did, you might even know the, the, the clients. I, I said that actually, I think I asked her that. Yeah. I said, what happens if I know him? What she happens? Said, well, well, I think well, she, says, you, she said you won't. That's her reply to all me. Right. That's all right. Okay, well. Mm, so. Crazy, crazy stuff. Listen, crazy world. Absolutely. Thanks, Mary. Thank you. Appreciate Me it. Me enjoy your day. You too. Thank okay. you. Just before I uh, love you and leave you, you made Dennis on earlier on this morning, who was also nearly the victim of another type of a scam. Now, Mary believes that wasn't a scam. It was legit. Somebody's running an escort service. But um, he nearly gave over 1800 to a scam artist with a stock photograph. This is the house we're renting. Oh, you have to give us the money. We don't have the keys just yet. And because uh, he, he really and truly is in a situation where he needs to find a home. Dennis, good morning. Hang on a second. Let me get my act together here. Dennis, can you hear me now? Yeah, morning. Morning. You know what I mean? Uh, good news, I hear? Well, I do. I'm elated. I got, a, I got a property anyway off Murphy Murray property. So we're elated, Murray. And thanks very much to you and your team. What? Have you have you seen it? I mean, we've seen it. We've been there. We've done this ten o'clock this morning, and they emailed yourselves first to tell them that we got it. So we're we're elated. So we're, you we're know, open. you had seen the property, but you just did the deal now. We just had the deal. Where we're delighted. We somewhere to put our heads in. Where we'll keep the faith, as I said to my girlfriend. So we're delighted. When can you get in? We're hoping we're hoping of next Monday or next. Well, next week sometime anyway so we somewhere to put our heads over tonight with isn't that tonight. great news ahead of the weekend isn't it I'm, I'm delighted I, you wouldn't believe in Nina so it's so much a relief me well fair play to Murray Properties glad you picked up the phone and called us delighted for thanks, you thanks very much Neil, for everything and thanks to Murray Properties as well thanks very much I love stories when they work out like that excellent yeah, thanks for coming me. back cheers take care now yeah. just some breaking news residents living in the vicinity of UCC say they're relieved after a district court judge issued an order to ensure that a landlord who owns two student houses in the city where parting has been going on for over seven weeks has to keep his houses in order. That's the result. I was telling you about that case this morning. It was before Judge Olin Keller. He has now said that the landlord has to keep his house in order. That's interesting. We'll have to see how that one plays out as to how the landlord does just that, keeps his houses in order. But the residents are happy enough with that result. Back after the break. This is the Neil Prenderville Show. Tweet the show at Neil Red FM. 104 to 106 Red FM. Good job, guys. Good job. If we did nothing else today, we got uh, a couple somewhere to lay their head and to take a lot of anxiety and worry from them. You know, the older I get, the less I realize I know. You know, when you're young, you think you know everything and the world is yours and you make all of these plans. But I think the universe is a way of 
kicking you in the ass when it comes to making plans. I mean, you do have to have a structure to your life and some kind of a plan and you try and follow it as best you can. But a lot of those plans just go out the window, don't they? I mean, way back in the day, I was saying, I'm going to stay on the air and not take a break until the final phase. Then they moved five phases into four and I had expected to be here on Monday for the lifting of the last phase and then going on holidays, Monday lunchtime. But uh, there's really no point because, you know, nothing's going to change until sometime in August. So I'm going to love you and leave you for a couple of weeks. Mick Mulcahy is here uh, on Monday to take you through. He'll do a good job. So thanks to all of the team for that. Thanks for all the work over the last couple of four months, guys. I know it's been very, very tough. I don't think we've ever been as busy. And to everybody who's been in touch. And we went through all sorts of emotions together over the past four months. And I thank every single one of you for your contributions. Our phone lines are open now. We have uh, vouchers for Oak Fire Pizza to give away at their Princess Street, Bridge Street, Bandon and Rosses Street, Clonakilty locations. Get dialing for those and have some hot pizza on us and oakfirepizza.ie. <coughs> also have some family passes for various tourist attractions like Spike and Fota, City Jail, Blarney. My apologies, Blarney Castle didn't get on the air with me this morning. Sorry, Paul. Mick will talk to you on Monday. We have some great passes for various uh, tourist attractions in Yall, the Michael Collins House, the Queenstown Story in Cove, Skibreen Heritage Centre, Ringing the Bells of Shandon. I think you can do it, but you can't ring the bells because of COVID-19, I'm told, but it's still worth, well worth visiting, whale watching, things like that. So the phone lines are open for all of that. one 850 A big happy birthday to a long-time listener and contributor to the show, Vincent O'Reardon, who celebrates his birthday today. Happy birthday, Vincent. I'm going to love you and leave you. Um, have a good weekend, uh, and I'll see you in a couple of weeks. Thanks for listening to this Red FM podcast. Don't forget to subscribe and check out redextra.ie for more great Red FM content.